Welcome back to the Bomb Revisited podcast. You are listening to part two of this bonus episode where we revisit and rank Never Say Never Again. After escaping the shark attack, Bond heads back to his hotel room where Fatima has left a surprise for him under his bed. Join us as we take a look and eventually add Never Say Never Again to our rankings. So after Bond has been caught by the woman on the boat, we cut to this very loud, bombastic band that's playing music and there's dancing and there's almost like a little carnival vibe going on. We see there's a, a woman having a great time dancing in the middle and it is Fatima. She's having a little spin around. She's having a great time in the Bahamas. You know, she's got rid of Bond. Why not celebrate? So uh, as she spins around, she looks over across the harbour and there's Bond and the woman on their boat, holding up a fish. You know, like when you when you catch a fish and you hold it up and you have the photo taken with it. And there's Bond and, and the lady. And Bond's in his dungarees. Which, in dungarees, yeah. <laughs> which I guess the lady had on the boat. Um, it's definitely a different look for Bond. Can't say it's his best look. Uh, but it's certainly, yeah, different. <laughs> yeah, and there's like a dramatic zoom in on her eyes as well. It's very like... <gasps> She's shocked. And then it's just like Sean Connery in dungarees and only dungarees with a fish smiling. It's like, <laughs> oh, I would probably also want to zoom in on my eyes if I saw that. Even if I hadn't just tried to kill him, I would still have that same reaction. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> this is James Bond? <laughs> right. So uh, Fatima runs off and you see she heads to a hotel and... Um, does she say, this is the thing, does she actually, how does she, well, I guess she knows where Bond is staying because they have intel, but does she get the keys from reception or something or does she just head straight up? No, I think she like thinks about going to reception and then just moves past it. Uh, I almost kind of think like she is staying in this hotel and just as she's walking, she's just like, oh, I've got an idea and then buggers off. <laughs> Because I don't think she gets the keys. I think she just knows where Bond is staying. Yeah. Oh, no, wait. Is she hiding and here's the room key or something? Oh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. I think she's hiding behind a column. Here's the room. No, but she must have put the bomb before. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, what, what I really like about this bit is that, yeah, she's heading into the hotel. She's still dancing, though. Like, she's just seeing Bond still alive. But she's having she has a little dance next to someone and she goes up the stairs and she little twirl up the stairs as well she's she's still you know keeping it all in her stride plan's not gone exactly how she wanted but that's fine uh so she heads upstairs into uh, a hotel room and you, you see from this perspective from underneath the bed you see these pair of shoes at the base you know on the floor and, and it's, it's men's shoes so you think oh this is bond's room and uh she comes in and she plants a bomb underneath the bed and that's that then we're back to Country Bond, as I put him, in his dungarees, uh, oh. walking walking with the, the boat lady. They head into the hotel because it just so happens that she's staying there as well. And um, they they find out the different room numbers and they head up. So obviously, you know what's going to happen. We see them in bed together, uh, having a great time. And there's a phone nearby and that goes off. And it's, it's Nigel. Nigel's on the phone. Great timing. And he's there to tell Bond that uh, he's found out where Largo's boat is heading to. And it's heading to the south of France, he says. And I think he even starts to offer, uh, invites Bond to come to his... Oh, no, he wants to go snorkelling together or something, I think he says. Um, but Bond just chucks the phone in the 
champagne bucket. And uh, you see Fatima outside. She's just, I think she's chilling by the pool or on a deck chair or something. And she's got this um, detonator. And it's kind of this like, very cartoony detonator with a big antenna and everything. And she presses a button. And we see in the background, boom, one of the hotel rooms in the background explodes. There's a big fireball. I think, oh, no. Poor, poor country Bond. But no, it cuts back to the, the room. Bond and the woman are still there in the bed. They look out the window and right, you know, the explosion is right across from the other side. And you learn that they actually went to her room instead. So it's all good. Plan foiled once again. And yeah, that's it. That's it for the Bahamas. We're done. <laughs> yeah, that is strange, isn't it? Because yeah. Thunderball was pretty much set entirely in the Bahamas. And it almost feels like they needed to go there. For it to, I don't know, like, yeah, it's Thunderball, you need to go to the Bahamas. But then maybe it was too expensive or, I don't know, it's just easier to film in France. They just move the story back. Well, from what I read, all the underwater stuff was still shot in the Bahamas. So, like, even the stuff we see later underwater, I think it was shot in the Bahamas from what oh. I was reading. Uh, yeah, it was just, I, I mean, I think it ties into two things, right? It's like the first one is, like, they want to separate themselves from Thunderball. So you spend a little bit of time here, like the book, like, you know, because that's in the Bahamas, and then they just leave um, to separate itself. And also because, like, yeah, they just cram so many locations in here. And I think that's just part of them trying to go, like, all in with Bond. And this is very much a... Like, this is, like, the most he travels in, like, any of the films. Uh, the kind of problem is that it makes so much of this just feel like padding and a little pointless. Nothing yeah. really happens in the Bahamas. All that happens is Bond shows up. Nigel's like, what's up? Fatima tries to kill him twice. Then Nigel's like, oh, Largo's gone to France. So Bond goes to France. Like, mm -hmm. especially this scene in particular, we just had a scene of Fatima try to kill Bond. And then we have another scene of Fatima try to kill Bond. And now he's leaving the country. It's just, uh, yeah, this film's quite long as it is. And I think this scene, the whole Bond thing, just cut it. Like, just... If you're not going to do the Bahamas, that's fine. But don't, like, pad this out. Just get us to the next place then. Yeah, I totally agree. As much as I like Fatima, and she, you know, by this point in the film, she was definitely growing on me, just, just the attitude that she has. It is really quite unnecessary, yeah. Yeah, like, you, the thing is, like, you just get enough of it, right? Like, there's a ton of Fatima in this film, and there's a ton of her trying to kill Bond, and there's enough that you can, like, you get it. So you can cut one of these, and this is the one I personally would cut just to keep things moving along. Like, the woman that Bond is sleeping with, like, as far as I can tell, doesn't even have a name or anything like that. That's how pointless she kind of is. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, again, like, I think they do a good enough job of characterizing Fatima elsewhere that you probably don't need this one um, here. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, we're moving off from the Bahamas. We're moving to the south of France. Uh, we get the obligatory plane shot in these early Bond films, it feels like. Uh, plane landing. Um, we're at Nice. We're at Nice, and um, we see at the airport that there's a man. It's just, it's just a little quick shot of this man waiting. Not quite sure who he is yet, but could he be? Is he good? Is he bad? Who knows? Uh, but we see Bond. He uh, He's leaving the airport, and a another woman walks up to him uh, as they're walking alongside, and she starts to explain how... She, I mean, she, clearly she's one of Bond's contacts here because she's found a villa um, for Bond and it's in this perfect position overlooking the bay where they can spy on the uh, the flying saucer ship. And she does say right at the end of this little scene, oh, Q sent you this. And I think she is handing over the pen, although you can't really see it. So 
uh, you oh, see I the thought next scene. Bond always had the pen, and what uh, she was giving him was like the bike. Well, I, I thought that as well, but then she, she sort of introduces the bike in the next scene. So I was like, well, what was that first one then? Oh, maybe that does happen then. But there's a like in the Q scene, they specifically like say, he's like, oh, I'm working on this bike. If I finish it, I'll send it to you. So then this was like a nice little callback to that saying like, ah, Q has finished the bike and here it is. But yeah, why wouldn't Q just be like, take the pen? But if there's two exchanges, then I guess she does give him the pen. But yeah, I think so. Like, yeah, you, you might as well just take the pen. He was there. He was holding it. <laughs> he was holding the thing. Maybe he was still working on it or something. I don't know. Or maybe did Q say it was blew, still... like maybe it's a one-shot fire and Q blew it up and then <laughs> there's another one. <laughs> yeah, it's like that looked good, but oh, now I've got to make another one. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> Back to the drawing board. <laughs> anyway, so the two leave uh, the airport, and this very sudden cut. Uh, the man that we saw earlier is outside, and he very quickly throws a ball at Bond. He's like, "Oh, catch!" And kind of catches Bond off guard, but you know he does catch it, and uh, he recognizes the man, and it's Felix. Everyone, of course, Ooh. it's going to be Felix in here somewhere. The CIA has has sent him to help Bond on this mission, and um, yeah, I think this. I had to look up this actor because I wasn't sure who he was, but I think he, you know, it's quite a big man, and I think he was um, a like a baseball player or, or a, a American football player. That sort of vibe, I think he was some sort of sportsman, anyway. Okay. Um, particularly because he's not the best actor. So that also adds up. <laughs> um, uh, and yeah, so we also learn about uh, the lady that was just speaking to Bond, because Bond introduces the two, and her name's Nicole. Um, and this is where... Oh, actually, no, then uh, Felix says that Largo's clean, according to the CIA, so they've not, they've not got any dirt on him. But then um, that's where we also see the, the bike, as Tom mentioned, the bike that Q teased before... Uh, has been sent. It's attached to the back of Nicole's car in this big packaging. I think Bond says about using that later on. Anyway, uh, very, very quick introduction to Felix, but we move on to this villa that Nicole spoke about. And it's this very, I put cubist looking building. It's, yeah, it's quite a cool looking building architecturally. It's all, yeah. It was um, surprisingly modern looking for the time. Like this must have been, I don't know what you would call it in the 80s, but it felt like it was trying to be like hyper modern like with the simplistic shapes and as you say like the cube stuff it was yeah, yeah. it looked quite modern oddly yeah really nice uh bonds on the balcony uh looking through a gigantic powerful telescope and of course yep spying on the ship that's in the bay and you can see largo's lady i wrote in the notes largo's lady because we don't know her name yet and then felix literally just says he says oh that's largo's lady <laughs> so i was like okay <laughs> um and that's when nicole chimes in and says oh her name is domino domino patachi they recognize the, the link and oh that's jack's sister so it's yeah. kind of interesting though because they say it as that was the pilot that was killed in the car crash like oh, so they already know about that yeah or they they know well bond was told that somebody disappeared like well that guy disappeared and i guess he was told the name and yeah at some point they must have been told that the car crash happened and that yeah. pilot died and both of them had that information to kind of connect it together but i just found it interesting that they knew that but they actually haven't i got the impression they hadn't actually pieced together what had actually happened even though bond says about the eye thing it's like i think some stuff got cut out here but i got the impression that they didn't quite understand how spectre did all this just yet but mm-hmm. that might be just because yeah some dialogue probably got cut to make this film work yeah you think they would 
there would be more of a reaction if if this was the first time that they were making that connection. But yeah, they just sort of take it in their stride. So yeah, Felix uh, is sent off to go get some scuba gear so they can go and investigate the boat later on. And we we cut to uh, Domino. Um, now we know her name is Domino. Um, she's on a boat. She's getting uh, uh, driven to the shore and she gets off and heads into town, heads into a building and there's this big tree right in the middle of the scene and uh, she, as she walks past, you see her look at the tree and then kind of do a double take and carry on uh, into the building and then Bond just pops out. How long has he been there for? Who knows? Taking, He's using natural cover, just like he's told uh, Nigel to do. That's true, actually. I thought it was yeah. kind of a nice little moment, really, because, yeah, you don't see him at all until he pops out. Uh, it is odd seeing just such a big, tall Scottishman appear stealthily. <laughs> yes. um, and there's actually like a better version of this scene coming up as well. Um, I guess the director really liked the idea of this, uh, showing someone being tailed by not showing who's doing the tailing and then have them pop or just have the camera move in an interesting way. Um, but yeah, there's like a better version of this coming up. Mm. So we uh, we see what it is inside. It's a spa. I think we might see the tail end of it with Domino, but Bond goes up to the receptionist and um, and asks if they they serve men here. And this is kind of what we were talking about before, where it just suddenly starts to make no sense how much people, how many women just find Bond instantly attractive because the receptionist's like, oh yes, some men more than others. <laughs> oh like, god, it's you're... so weird because yes. I don't really mind the line. But it's the fact that they then like hold on her just staring and Dreamy. smiling. Be like, mm, yeah. that's a lot of man <laughs> right there. <laughs> it's like, oh, like, so the line's fine. It's just so creepy how they're like, yeah, she's just been hit by Cupid's arrow and is now just in love with Bond, this 52 year old, very red, very sweaty, <laughs> wrinkly man, which is like, no offense to Sean, but oh, it's. It's so ridiculous. All, all of this. This isn't even the worst one, but it's oh, it's nonsense. That's true because he he goes in and he's he's dressed not like you would be in a, a spy if you were you know the customer. He's got a kind of grey jumper on with a big emblem on it, so he looks like one of the workers there. He's he walks on through and yeah, past all of these women by the pool. And at first, I couldn't tell if they were like some of the women look unhappy. <laughs> I was like, is this another case of them looking and then? Being like, oh, who's that man? But there's definitely some of them that are like, who are you? So, I don't know. Mixed mixed messages there in that one scene. I took it more that they were checking him out. But okay. it, may, it does make more sense what you're saying, that they would be more like, well, I know you don't work here. like because. But I didn't piece together that he was dressing up as, a, as someone who worked at this place. I just thought he was just wearing like a grey turtleneck because jumper. Oh, maybe. Uh, yeah, it's only because of the, the logo on it. I thought, oh, maybe that's like uniform. But it Yeah, could that's be. fair enough. Yeah. But I, I didn't figure that. But you are correct. Like that is what he's doing. He's going undercover here. He's dressing up. So it does make more sense to me that the women are just looking at him as like, who the hell is this guy that he doesn't work here? But <laughs> when I watched it, I took it more that the women are actually just kind of checking him out and giving him like just turning their head, giving a bit of eyebrows and stuff. And it's so absurd from that angle because he does look awful. Like, again, <laughs> he doesn't look awful in every scene in this film. When he gets in the suit, looks pretty good. 
But the fact that he's in this grey turtleneck jumper just walking through this old man. <laughs> just these like 20-year-old women, French women, yep. just staring. Especially the way it's shot, right? Like this is started with like a woman coming out of the pool and the camera zoomed right on her like... Like right... <laughs> like cutting out her head and just showing off her body and then zooming out. And then one of the, that woman then turns around and stares at Bond as he walks past and... I took it as checking him out. I I hope that's not what they meant. I hope you're correct. But it's just so like, oh no. Especially because you're followed by like the receptionist scene, right? They have just had someone like, you know, swoon over him. So it makes sense that they would have more people swoon over him. It's just, yeah, it just, no, no. It really is like telling, <laughs> oh God. Yeah, I, I was going to use quite a nasty analogy, but I won't do that to Sean. Um, but it, it is—it makes no sense. No, I hope I'm right, but I worry. I think I think you're I think you're right. To be honest with you, everything else in the film would suggest that your interpretation is the right one. That's there. just how they betray him, and it's just ridiculous. Like any woman he encounters is just attracted to him instantly, instantly. Like. He doesn't charm anyone. He might throw a joke or something, but it's just this instant thing. So even if this isn't that, there are enough examples in the film that would make me think that this is what that is. Because it, even if you got rid of this one, it happens multiple times um, outside of this. Yeah. So anyway, he's in his he's in his jumper, his lovely jumper, and he walks on through. And you see Domino is is on the table, um, ready and waiting for a massage. So he comes in and poses as a uh, masseuse and um asks what sort of uh massage she wants uh a hard or a soft one and she says hard obviously uh, <laughs> and he gets going applies some oil and starts to do this really un- unconvincing massage i mean at least to me i've never really had a massage but i would think his technique's not great uh, <laughs> and yeah starts having a little bit of back and forth uh, the two chatting, oh, I haven't seen you around here, and oh, yeah, I'm on a boat. And uh, He eventually starts to bring up about, yeah, the flying saucer, and oh, that's Mr. Largo's boat. So uh, the conversation steers towards him, and uh, eventually Domino says about how Largo's got a charity ball tonight at the casino, and as much as she'd like to give Bond an invite, it's a, a very restricted guest list, she says. And all whilst this is happening, you know, you're getting these very strange faces from Sean as he's like stretching over and pretending and doing this massage. And at one point she says about, oh, can you go lower, please? He's like, oh, lower? And then you see his hands go right down. It's just like, oh, he just the camera is just so perfectly positioned. And, you know, uh, I don't know if we said so far, but Domino is played by uh, Kim, Kim Basinger. Basinger, yeah. Basinger. Uh, so very attractive lady she's obviously topless so there's very much focusing on that you know eye candy on the screen and it's just like oh and you're getting this old man rubbing her i don't want to see this but one thing i did actually like about the scene it wasn't all bad because yeah bond learns about this guest uh, this casino thing um but every now and then he sort of slips up saying something that she hears uh you know to blow his cover uh so at one point he just uses the lingo that he heard about his own back Earlier on, he says, like, oh, you've got some lesions of the vertebrae. I was like, okay, that's actually, yeah, you saved it a little bit there. I thought that's quite clever um, to just make him sound a bit more professional. But, yeah, the scene eventually comes to an end when 
Bond spots the actual spar uh, masseuse come in. So he just sort of <laughs> very quickly runs off and the lady comes in, doesn't question why there was a man there um, dealing with her client. No, nah, it's fine. She just looks and, and uh, they say bye. And yeah, she, she tells Domino, oh, no, that, that man didn't work here and kind of zooms into her face. And at first she looks shocked. And then she sort of, I guess, sees the funny side in it, even though I think it's quite horrible. But she's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> and smiles. And that's the end of the scene. Yeah, this scene as a whole was pretty hard to get through. And it kind of starts to show how like badly as a character Domino is portrayed here. Because as you kind of say, this this the actress playing Domino is attractive and obviously young. And she's very much like portrayed like that throughout the whole film in terms of what they have her wear in terms of what they have her do and she's just purely just eye candy i guess for the fellas and it's like potentially the worst case of a bond girl being like that in the franchise i want to say like some bond girls have been portrayed not too well um in the franchise as a whole you know i'll admit that some things are not great uh, but this one to me is almost like this is the stereotype of a Bond girl being portrayed as just like an attractive woman and nothing else. Like this is mm. it to a T. It's almost like how they've been exaggerating other elements of Bond. They're also exaggerating the Bond girl where the Bond girl is just an attractive woman and that's it. And that's all she does. And it's pretty hard to watch, um, especially this scene. This seems probably like the worst example of it because as you say, it's Sean just like, caressing her and then at the end she finds it super charming for like no reason like no reason at all um because there's like the very start of it she's on like her back i want to say or her front with a towel over her lying on the table and then bond picks up the towel and asks her to turn over but you oh. just see him like just checking her out as she turns over lifts up the towel looks down and then she spins over and then puts the towel back it's just like Ugh. <laughs> um, and as you say the way sean is actually like doing the massage he's like leaning back and just caressing his fingers and then you have to see his fingers go under the towel onto her butt i'm just like Ugh. <laughs> like this is this is horrible i don't want to like it just it was just quite uncomfortable really like did not enjoy the scene i think here's another one where it's supposed to be kind of funny like it's it's yeah. like all cheeky bond doing a massage and just oh but she kind of likes it i guess and it's uh it's just terrible it's just really kind of terrible stuff and it is a massive shame because i really liked domino in fundable and of course even back then there was a bit of like oh you know there's the bond girl wears something attractive but they kind of balance that out with the story a little bit better and it's Domino and Thunder was one of my favorite Bond girls because of it. And now we've got this film where the first time we saw her, she was like doing the splits and stuff for Largo and then jumping all over him and having her ear like gnawed and kissed. And now we're back to her again and it's Bond caressing her by tricking her and then just seeing her naked. And it's like, yeah. And it doesn't really get any better, unfortunately. Um, but this is probably the most direct example of just how creepy this all is in this film yeah i think that's the thing for me is this film uh, which as you as you mentioned but as far as bond films go this is this is quite a bad thing to say is that this film feels the creepy this one feels the perviest to me like i'm seeing things that i shouldn't or that is so um kind of manipulative and 
Uh, yeah, I just I, I didn't like it, and I I understand that beautiful women are a part of this series, right? That's just that's a staple of it. Has been the books, the film that's always been there, but you can do them in a in a classier way, and yeah, as you mentioned, even in the original, in the, in the Thunderball one, I think Domino. We ha- we haven't really got quite to the same point in the film yet, but I think that Domino has at least. More, she's more vengeful and more. There's more of a connection between her and her brother. It feels like, whereas this, you just don't get any of that. She's just this young, naive woman who's just being used and abused by everyone around her, and it just comes across as looking quite sad. Um, but there, um, that's that scene out of the way, and I, I'm not happy with you reminding me of the ear gnawing. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to I, think about it. But I almost forgot. <laughs> it's it's terrible. It's horrible. Yeah. But but yeah, again, Largo, good. Domino in this one is just kind of being completely reduced down to just attractive blonde woman doesn't wear much and it's just very naive and silly. Like some of those, the story itself is there. It's just clearly not a priority for what they mm. wanted to do. Um, it's kind of like, you know, how Q said before about, oh, let's get some gratuitous sex and stuff in there. It's almost like the director wrote that line to be like, hey, don't worry, fellas. We got Kim Basinger and she's not going to wear much for you and Bond's going to perv all over her. Um, but yeah, again, like, as you say, I was a lot more aware of it in this film than any of the other Bond films. You, you're kind of aware for it. And there's like scenes that weren't great in that one, like with the man with the golden gun is the one that I think of the most with the shower bit in the hotel room, um, especially because it was Roger Moore and it's just like, oh, this feels really strange. Uh, but this is just the whole film and this is just yeah. all this character really does. And that's just kind of a massive shame. And it's just not very entertaining or funny. It's just a bit creepy. So there you go. And I'll, I also think just what makes it worse than it potentially even is in, in some of these scenes is the sexy sax music or just generally cheap oh God, sounding music, yeah. which then makes it sound just, yeah, I mean, like many other things, but it just doesn't, it gets rid of all the the cinematic quality of it and it, you end up just, yeah, you get you catch my drift. So yeah, I, I'm with you there. Yeah. And as you say, like, this isn't about being a prude or anything. Like, you can have an attractive woman kind of wear something that makes her look sexy and attractive in a Bond film. But when you take a core central character in your film and who's part of the plot and reduce her to just that and just have the way that like she kind of reacts not feel that human or make sense that's when this kind of feels creepy like you can have somebody do that i think the the layer films get a little bit better with that some people would say not great still but whatever we're not here to debate that but this one is just you're taking a core character reduced her down to just how she looks and her figure and that's all that happens and that's what makes it feel odds like having a bond like walk down a beach and there's an attractive woman and there's a bit of flirting like that's fine like that's kind of what happens um and that's you know bond goes to an exotic location that's yeah that's fine um maybe not sean connery at this age but you know broadly (laughs) speaking um but yeah again it's reducing that down um yeah not great Mm. So after that unpleasantness, uh, we then cut to kind of dusk. It's quite dark, so maybe a bit after dusk, like the evening. So get some nice shots of Nice. Um, There are a lot of, like, establishing shots in this film. I wouldn't really say any of them was all that impressive from what I remember, but they definitely do have to take the time because of just how often, like, time changes and the location changes. You get a lot of these just kind of, like, quite bland establishing shots. They're not all terrible. I guess this one was quite nice. But yeah, a lot of those in this film. 
Yeah. Um, so we cut to Nicole dropping Bond at the casino offense, the one that Domino mentioned that Largo was holding. And Bond says, Nicole, go back to the villa. And she's all like, how are you going to get in? He's like, don't worry about it. Go away. And Fatima is nearby <laughs> and gets out of her car and tells the driver to go and find the villa that Bond was just talking about. And Fatima is dressed in a very sparkly suit. Uh, I... I think later it's kind of revealed that she's basically dressed as a pirate. Yeah, yeah. Some a, sort of a pirate queen. Pirate. Plastic pirate. Yeah, I didn't quite put that together in this one, but later she takes it off and is like, oh, she's a pirate. Nice. Cool. <laughs> sounds about right. It is right. cool. Yeah. Uh, and we see Bond entering the casino and he is in his classic black tux and bow tie. And he still looks good. This is what I was saying before with the suits. Like, he's still... I don't know what you thought, Joe, but to me, seeing Sean Connery in a casino in a black tux and bow tie, that was still a cool moment. Yeah, yeah. I, I think not as... I, 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 the hair. I don't know what it is about the, <laughs> so what, how they... Which hair? Really the sh- hair, the chest? Which <laughs> well, How are we talking about? It's just really short. And it's like, if you're going to have a hairpiece, you have complete control over how, how it can look. And to me, his hair is just way too short. But um, no, the suit looks good. You're, you're right. Yes. Um, so he just strolls on through. So there's a man there, this like big Frenchman, I think he has a moustache or something, and Bond just bowls through him. And he's just like, monsieur, and Bond just keeps going. He's like, hey, stop. And then he like follows him behind the door, which again, this is another shot we get quite a lot. We already had it in the clinic where somebody kind of goes off screen behind a door frame or like into the next room and then kind of comes back. So the man follows Bond. They both go off screen. You hear like a punching sound. And then the Frenchman kind of falls backwards holding his stomach. Be like, ooh, ooh. And then he's like waddling around and Bond starts holding him. And the two women go past and Bond's like, ah, he shouldn't have had the fish. Then we cut to Bond like pushing the man into like this dark closet that we assume is nearby. And he kind of grabs his gun very quickly. Like Bond takes the man's gun and it's all like, oh, what would you need a gun like this? And he then gets a little metal container out, like quite small, thin metal kind of case almost. And he says there's a bomb in here and it's got a gyroscope in it. So if it detects any movement, I think he then says you could be served in an egg cup as the oh, threat. Really? Oh, I missed that. <laughs> it's something like that. It's definitely an egg cup. I think he just means you're going to get exploded and melted and then poured into an egg cup. A bit brutal um and then he just like puts it in the guy's hand as he's kind of holding it up so his arm is being held up puts this bomb in the in his hand presses a button and then he just shuts the door and the lights go off and the guy's just left there with uh, the bomb in his hand not able to move because if he does it will blow up um, very silly but i think because it's sean and he has that that charm of him it, it works this is one of the scenes where as soon as I saw it, I remembered it. Like, I straight away remembered this, like, fairy like, Oh, yeah, this scene. I remember this. Like, this was mm. actually quite clear in my mind as soon as it started happening. Um, I just hadn't thought about it in 20 years. Um, so Bond now enters the event, which is a big old large room, very much a big casino, quite grand, I would say. Maybe not the grandest we've seen, but very still grand in, in scale. Uh, lots of people looking very rich well-dressed all around these different kind of casino tables uh, all around a lot of hustle and bustle bond kind of walks around and like a woman like smiles at him 
So obviously, another one of them where a woman just sees Bond and she's like, hmm. And that, that doesn't go anywhere as far as I can tell. Just another woman check, like checking him out. Um, so Bond then like kind of walks around the room and he also gets rid of the gun that he took from the other guy and he like spins it in his hand and then puts it in a bucket of champagne. Uh, feels a little pointless, but I guess it looked cool enough, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so he then walks around a table with lots of people kind of watching and he finds a little spot in uh, at this table and he sees Domino sitting there but then Domino doesn't see him and then it just kind of cuts to Bond at a distance then watching Domino from afar at that table. It's very awkwardly edited, this. It's very strange. I don't know why they didn't just have Bond see Domino from afar. Instead, he has to like go round, spin his gun like a cowboy, sit at the table, have her not notice somehow, and then cut, like hard cut to him back. It's very awkwardly edited. Um, you know why that is? She couldn't see him because there's so much smoke in that room. <laughs> <laughs> well, in in terms of my casino uh, rankings, yes, here know, we go. I did like to point out the casinos on these films. I I think this one was pretty good. I'd give it a solid four out of five in terms of casinos. Nice big room, as you say, it looks very grand. Lots of tables, but my goodness, is it is it smoky? I can only imagine the smell in there. So she just couldn't see him through the layer of smoke. That's that's my uh, guess anyway. I think that's fair enough. Yeah, and again, maybe that was deliberate because, like, Dr. No, right, was very smoky. Like, I think with the Roger Moore ones, they still smoked, but I think they got away a little bit from the smokiness. Mm. Um, but, yeah, that feels very, like, Dr. No is the one where I think of when you say smoky casino because, like, everyone is smoking in that casino. Yeah, well, it's healthy, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's good for you. <laughs> yeah. Helps clear you out, I suppose. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so I think the real reason we, like, cut to Bond like afar because i think this is when they do that camera shot i was talking about oh yeah yeah so bond is like at one side and the camera is kind of like seeing him hiding and seeing domino and then domino kind of walks off to the right of the screen and like he leaves the table or she leaves the table walks across and then the camera just kind of pans along to the right and we basically see like Bond disappeared behind this wall. Domino disappeared by the same wall. And then she pops out the right side of it as the camera kind of captures up. And then like Bond appears behind her. Uh, kind of pointless, but I thought it looked pretty cool. It was a nice little bit of a uh, flair in there. It's no Skyfall uh, Shanghai Casino, but yeah, I can appreciate a little bit of a uh, clever camera work. Uh, yeah, and actually there's... The camera shot straight after this, I thought, was pretty good as well, with the mirror door. I thought, oh, that kind of caught me off guard. Yeah, for some reason in this casino, they're adding all these little kind of flourishes, which is quite nice. It makes it feel a little bit more stylish and a little bit more yeah. Bond. It's like it's kind of interesting because I feel like once we get to Nice is when the film kind of starts picking up again. Like, I, I didn't enjoy the clinic. It was okay with the Bahamas, despite it feeling like filler. And just for spoilers, I think Nice is probably the best part of the film. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's nice to see all this little stuff in there. But, yeah, it's, it's quite cool. Uh, yeah, so, like, Domino goes in, like, a side room. And, yeah, as Joe said, like, there's a door that she opens that has a load of, like, mirrors and reflections on it. So she kind of goes through. And then you see Fatima in the reflection of the glass first. And then you see her, like, stand at the entrance near the door where she just went through. Um, so Domino's, like in this arcade and it's like a very 80s arcade where you just hear all these like arcade noises like beep boop, beep, 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 
Or like all these like very like arcade game. So these are like arcade cabinets, like video games, Donkey Kong, Pac-Man, that sort of thing. It's that sort of arcade. So this room, like this fancy casino, just has this room filled with all these different arcade uh, machines. Um, so she starts playing on one of the machines. And as soon as she starts playing, Bond instantly pops his head. He's like, hello again. It's like instantly there. right there. <laughs> uh, and he's like, I'm Bond, James Bond. So we get the line there. They've actually avoided the line for quite a bit of this. Bond has always introduced himself as just James or just Bond. But this time we get the Bond, James Bond. I think it might be the only time we get it in the film. Um, but we get it here. So she's kind of like annoyed. But Bond's like, do you want a drink? And eventually they do just go and get a drink. So she's like going along with all this. And interesting, it looks like the arcade's actually real. Like the one she was playing was like called Gravitar, I guess is how you would say that. And it has like Atari written on it. Um, oh, okay. So I think some of these, I would assume most of these are probably just real games, like real Atari uh, machines, because they thank Atari in the credits as well. Oh, do they? Oh, that makes sense. Um... Yeah. So they then go to the bar and Bond's like, do you want hard or soft? And she's like, soft. And all there's a Bloody Mary, which seems quite, I guess that's soft compared to Bond, but that's still, that's still like a lot of vodka she's about to drink. Um, and Bond orders a Falka on the rocks. His classic oh. drink. Wait. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Why did they do that? I'm not too sure because he's been drinking dry martinis, like Falka martinis, martinis, sorry, the whole time. And then when it comes to him, like he's already said the Bond, James Bond line, and now he's about to order his drink and he's like, Falka on the rocks. It's like, well, why? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's not quite right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so Fatima is, like, patrolling the room a little bit and kind of nods at Largo. So it turns out Largo, of course, is there. It's his event. Um, but I'm still a little bit surprised. Like, oh, Largo's playing on the arcade machines. Cool. Um, so she, like, nods at him and Largo meets up or, like, stands next to Fatima and they start watching those two, Bond and Domino, having a drink. Fatima starts saying, I think you've lost. But Largo is saying, like, Oh, you think I can lose a woman to an underpaid British agent? Um, but Fatima saying, like, oh, we must execute Bond to make sure your domino isn't turned to him. And Largo gives a, a big old smile and says, uh, I'm not too sure what he actually says, but kind of is quite dismissive. Um, and Largo, I think, eventually ends this by saying, one day you might have to kill Domino for me. Yeah, it's kind of odd, all this. Like, So this is the first time we're seeing Fatima and Largo. I think this is when it kind of like hit me about Fatima is just kind of on a top from Goldeneye. Yes, yeah, that's exactly it. Maybe I, like a relative. <laughs> yeah, like I think it did trigger before this point, but there was something about this conversation that reminded me of like Alec and Ottoma um, on a top talking. But yeah, she is just that. She's eccentric. There's kind of like a sex angle with her as well. And she kind of looks a little bit like her too. She's quite mm. intense. Uh, yeah. So Fatima, just just throwing out there, just on a top, which is quite interesting. Definitely. Um, but I don't really have much to say about this scene so far. It's just, it was very strange seeing like arcade machines, like this very fancy like place. And then just people who are f clearly very wealthy just go and play like an Atari machine. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah. Maybe back then it was seen as classy, but now it's like, oh, not quite. 
I don't know. Maybe yeah. Actually, that's an angle I hadn't thought of. Is is I guess back then these these things would have been new and not not how we see them today. But I also think it was just a bit of a purposeful subversion there, where you know she goes through the room and suddenly it's just a completely different environment with all of these high tech machines instead. And I mean, we can talk about this a little bit more about what happens next between Bond and Largo. But it does seem like they just purposely wanted to be be like, yeah, you know, you've seen you've seen Baccarat and you've seen poker before but we're going to do something different here's atari <laughs> it's just mm. kind of, but i don't hate it to be honest with you but maybe that's just because I, I find all the like old arcade cabinets cool um i don't know what someone who doesn't really you know not interested in gaming they're probably like what the hell is this what's going on yeah there's just a weird like blend here of rich and wealthy and just arcade machines that you would find in like such small places um, but and also it's quite funny because this film came out in 1983, which was the great video game crash that almost killed the industry, <laughs> which Atari oh. is mostly responsible for. So maybe like pre the crash, when they were shooting this, this was seen as a little bit more luxury. But post that, maybe not. But I want to say arcades had been a while for quite, or had been around for quite a while by this point. Uh, but I, I don't know for sure. Um, but I think most of this. You might be right, it's them trying to mix things up, but I think it's mostly just to set up what is about to happen next with Largo. Like, mm-hmm. if there's already games here, it probably makes more sense for this other game to be here. I think it's probably mostly that. Yeah. So, yeah, so Bond and Domino are talking, and Bond asks Domino, like, what's your brother up to? And Domino says, ah, he's, he's heading here, and I can't wait to see him. And at this point, Largo shows up. He's like, ah, hello, you're, you're Mr. James Bond. And... Largo asks uh, if you enjoy games. So I think Bond kind of says, like, depends on the game or, or something like that. But they step away from the bar and they go into, a, like, a separate room and, like, a, a mo- much more private room. It's quite big, but it's a little bit more private. And in the middle of it, there's a long table with, like, two seats on either side. And there's this, like, odd screen in the middle. It's like this kind of empty like tv screen almost you you can't quite understand what it is straight away and largo says well this is a game and it's called domination and i designed it myself and he says the problem is i've never found a worthy adversary i always beat everyone and bond a little bit modest saying ah no no doubt i'll disappoint you as well kind of implying that he's going to lose which was like i quite like that line it's quite a british line but I don't know if that's actually a Bond line quite so much. I don't think Bond would say, oh, you're probably going to beat me. You're so great. Or imply that anyway. Um, so they both sit down and Largo turns it on. And in the middle of this table, this like 3D screen kind of appears. Like, so it's like holographic almost. It's like this empty shell that kind of appears and there's just like this screen there. It's not physical. It's like being projected in the middle. And there's like, each on each side, there's like two joysticks and a couple of buttons for them to use. So there's like uh, these screens kind of appear out of the table and like tilt upwards a bit. Uh, and Largo says, well, we're fighting for different countries and they're chosen at random. And he says, for a demonstration, let's just choose France. And at that point, France appears in the middle of the screen. And again, it's very, it's 3D, very 3D looking, like 80 style graphics with the wireframe. But the whole point here is that it looks 3D to them, like it's a hologram. And he kind of demos how you do it. And he says, like, you shoot the target areas that appear on the map. 
whoever shoots them first will get points. So the map is like broken up into all these different triangles, all these lines. So it's just people shooting those, just getting points for that. And he says you can win by shooting a missile at the other one. And one of the sticks is for controlling the missiles and one is for controlling a shield and you can use the shield to block the missile. And I think they say that you get like two missiles each. And he's like, well, Bond, you're red and Largo is blue. And it starts. The whole thing starts um, playing. And there's like a robot voice that comes in saying, thank you, gentlemen. Eternal <laughs> battle for domination of the world begin. And we kind of see there's also like people behind Bond. So there is like a little bit of an audience and Domino is sitting next to Largo on on their side. She's not playing, uh, but she's sitting next to Largo. So Largo says, we'll play for dollars. Um, And they randomly pick and it's Spain. So the first map is Spain and that's worth $9,000. So the game starts and they start shooting panels, but it ends very quickly and Bond loses and Bond kind of, gets shocked, or at least says he got shocked by the stick. And Largo then says, ah, sorry, I forgot. You uh, you share the pain of your soldiers. So if you lose, you get shocked. And he also says if you let go of the controls, you will forfeit the game. Um, so if you're not doing very well, you'll start getting shocked in the, the sticks. Um, and yeah, if you do let go while being shocked, you lose straight away. Um, but Largo being very pleasant, it's like, well, you weren't aware of this, so that wasn't fair. So we'll begin again. Let's reset. Uh, so they reset, and this time Japan comes up, and this one's for $16,000. So they start, and we kind of see Fatima is pushing away through the crowd so she can see what's going on. And initially, Bond is winning. So they kind of cut to lots of different shots of some of the screen, some of Bond, some of Largo, some of Fatima, some of Domino... There's a lot of jumping between those. Uh, but you do actually get to see the score go up and it does actually track roughly correctly or at least like you can see how, who's winning by looking at the numbers. So initially Bond is winning, but Largo fires a missile. It goes at Bond. Bond doesn't block it and he loses and then he gets shocked. Um, but Largo's all like, ah, that was just a, a lucky move by me. And he also explains that as the stakes increase because the money's gone up, the pain also increases. And Largo's like, so do you want to still continue? Bond's like, course. So they move on to the next country, and it's the USA, valued at $42,000. So much more money, and the map appears, and it's a much more complicated map. Lots of triangles on this one. So this time, like, Bond is winning this round. He fires a missile. Largo's able to block it with his shield. And we kind of hear the computer start talking about danger level and saying about, like, pain level. So... Like, yeah, they kind of give some numbers to kind of signify or represent how much, like, shockage is going on in those joysticks. So they were like, danger level is going up. Uh, Because Bond, from what I saw, if your missile is blocked, you lose, like, 10,000 points or something like that. So Bond was winning, but because Largo blocked his missile, he's now losing. And then it's all like, pain level is at 80% for red, which is Bond. So Bond is being shocked and he eventually just has to let go and he collapses onto the floor and Largo slowly goes over to him and bends down to Bond and it's all like, are you all right? You're all right. And Largo says, you've already lost $58,000 for my charity. Probably best to call it there, not best to continue. But Bond's all like, let's play one more game. Let's play one more for the rest of the world. All in, win or lose, we'll play for the whole world. And Domino's there, like, shaking her head, like, oh, no, she's, she doesn't like this. Um, Balago agrees, and they sit down again, 
and the computer's all like the rest of the world or the world and values it at $325,000 and they start playing and we kind of see that Bond is like just behind Largo score-wise. Largo fires a missile at Bond, but Bond blocks it and that shoots up Largo's pain level to 50%. Uh, but Largo fires another missile, Bond blocks that again as well. The pain level kind of keeps going, going up for Largo. You see him like shaking a ton, like Largo is now starting to shake. And Domino's looking very worried, and eventually Largo just has to let go. And at that point, Fatima leaves, like just kind of storms out of there, and Largo says, ah, it seems I've underestimated you, because he lost. And he gets his checkbook out to write the check, but Bond just says, oh, I don't need a check, I'll just settle for a dance with Domino. And Largo says, ah, do you lose so gracefully? And Bond says, I don't know, I've never lost. And that wraps up that scene. Bravo! Yeah, it's a, a lot happens there, but I'm going to say that's that's my favourite scene in the whole film. <laughs> I thought it was really good. <laughs> uh, wow. Okay. Um, I have to say bravo because you explained this game of domination with such conviction uh, and it's clarity. A real game. You designed than, it himself <laughs> more than the film does itself. Oh. Um, because this this scene is just it's a big joke, but they they. You know, they stick with it. And so you just have... So yeah, this this scene, them two, <laughs> playing this domination game. I'm sorry, this is just like... It is like one of the standout bits of the film. And I I like it too. I like it too. But I have to objectively think that this is a terrible scene. No. Um, it just is. Like, this is them reinventing a card game scene. Let's not have a card game. Let's not have Baccarat. Uh, where they're pushing cards around the table and someone has to be like, you know, someone has to say, oh, if he rolls a thingy, then you're, you're out or you need that for a bit of explanation. So instead, let's have this video game where you can see things on the screen and there's like explosions and joysticks and let's make it a lot more 80s. And I love that. Like, I love the fact they did that and 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 kind of went all in on this this really silly idea. But... It really doesn't work very well in terms of like tension or anything. And especially, I've already dealt with a lot with this film, with everyone finding Bond incredibly attractive as a 50 odd year old man. <laughs> Fine. Right? Yeah. I've t- I'm taking a beating from that, but it's okay. Then they have the audacity <laughs> to say that not only would a 50 odd year old man find uh, everyone find him attractive, but he's also amazingly good at video games so no bond can be good at card games but that's the that's the straw that broke the camel's back for me is like he suddenly gets good on this last round because bond could just pick up anything instantly and win uh i I know i'm complaining i actually really do like the scene because it is so silly and fun but it is bizarre and ridiculous at the same time yeah it's interesting you say the card scene because you're right it is bond playing against the villain at cards uh, which he does do with Largo in Fundable. But mm. I always think of it more as the Goldfinger golf scene. And I know you weren't a big fan of that scene, but when I think of this, because this is the friendly competition between Bond and the villain, where it's like, oh, it's on the face of it, it's kind of friendly, but they're getting quite serious, and it's Bond kind of embarrassing the villain a bit. So this is that scene, and I always very much enjoy those scenes. I think they can be some of the, the best ones in any Bond film if they're done correctly. And this one is just that formula done to a T. And I actually got really sucked into this and enjoyed it. And 
I don't know. I didn't really get bothered by the idea of Bond being good at video games because it just goes through that beats. And to me, it doesn't really matter if it's a video game. Like, this kind of could have been anything. And to me, this actually almost proves that this formula works ridiculous, or despite how ridiculous it can be that what they're doing. Like, this could have been them doing, like, rock, paper, scissors, and I still would have been super into it. It's like, ah, oh, Mr. Bond, you have used rock, but I have used paper. <laughs> Looks like you're not doing too well. It's like, one more, one more round. Double or nothing. Double or nothing. So, ah, oh, scissors, Mr. Bond. Very good. <laughs> it just makes me, like, it just reinforced me, like, this is such a great idea for a scene. And it's, like, some of my favorite part of Bond. So even though this is a really silly thing, and yeah, as you say, there's a charm to this kind of retro 80s nonsense video game. But I, I actually quite got sucked into the tension. I think they they do a good job of explaining what's happening. And I think this all works because of the pain aspect. Because it's not just losing a game, it's you are being physically shocked. And there's almost like this stubbornness to the way like Largo won't let go and the way Bond holds in there until he collapses. So this like male male ego stuff that this always kind of comes down to is in there because they're taking a lot of pain. Again, it's, it's kind of ridiculous, the setup, but it just proves to me just how good this is. And because of it, and because of how unique the visuals are with this game, because I think Largo is really entertaining, and I like Bond in this suit and in a casino, I love this friendly competition, it just was like, this, yeah, this was my favourite scene. I had such a great time with this one, and got really sucked into it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it it is definitely one of the most memorable parts of the film. And yeah, Largo being the way he is, I think adds a lot to it as well. Uh, we've already mentioned that this, the guy playing him is doing this sort of... He's, he's being very friendly and, oh, you know, you didn't know, so we'll do it again. And and he's being very polite. Uh, but it kind of... It's still... It's not just doing that in this one game. We've seen he's been quite nice to his his people on his yacht and everything. So, like, yeah, this is what he would do. Uh, even with Bond here in the casino being shown up. So... Because, yeah, when he, when he loses, he's very like, okay, well, I'll write you a check. And as Tom says... Bond, he wants to dance instead with um, with Domino. So we head into this very large, like very grand hall in the in the nearby room. And uh, well, actually, just before that, you see Largo as he kind of tells the band to play a tango. So it's going to be a nice tango dance the two will have. And yeah, this is really large room, loads of people around the edges watching, and just Bond and Domino in the center. Music starts and they start their dance routine, and it's all yeah, you know, it's a proper dance routine here, um, doing little twirls and spins and everything like that. But obviously, the reason why Bond wanted this dance is so that he could actually talk to Domino somewhere in private, and uh, well, weirdly in private, even though they're being watched by everyone. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like speaking under the music to her as they're dancing and and telling her that, well, basically what he knows and about her relationship with her brother and that he thinks Largo is behind it. And eventually, she just he just flat out says to her that your brother's dead. Uh, yeah. All, all, all whilst... <laughs> your you know, brother is dead. Yeah. So, oh, Jesus. <laughs> all while she's been, like, bent backwards and turning her head and everything. Uh, and I actually, I mean, it's quite a... I quite like this scene as well, because it's just an interesting way of having them have this conversation. It is just a bit... Again, it's just a little bit more silliness that they're in the middle of this giant room surrounded by everyone, but they're in this own little bubble of having this conversation. But I think it actually works. And that is even with Sean's rather, listen, I've watched enough Strictly Come Dancing. You need to smile more 
You need mm-hmm. a bit more flow in your steps, Sean. But Come on, regardless, Sean. I think it did a good job. And obviously, Domino, we've seen we've seen her doing all the dancing and she was great. But yeah, I actually quite like this little scene between the two of them. Yeah, I think the concept's really strong. And yeah, as you say, there's like a lot of like, they kind of lean into this whole, they're in their own separate world because you kind of have people watching them and they cut to shots of these like rich people kind of watching them dance. And it almost makes it look like a show to them which is just creates a very odd and kind of unsettling feeling, which matches what Bond is saying quite well. I found it too distracting seeing Sean Connery do this like dance, though. It just, <laughs> so, it just looked too strange to me. But yeah, I think the setup is really solid. Yeah. Uh, but eventually, as Bond is, is twirling around Domino, uh, Largo steps in and, and grabs her by the arm and kind of stops the dance. And... Oh, actually, I think before this, I should have mentioned, actually, um, yeah, Largo was watching up on the balcony and he's there with Fatima at one point and just says to, uh, you know, go and try and kill Bond again. This time, don't mess it up, basically. So she's got to go ahead, try and take out Bond. But yeah, eventually Largo steps into the dance and, and stops it and invites Bond to lunch on his boat. And Domino, I guess, based on what she's just heard from Bond, is sort of testing now Largo and asks about, the situation with her brother, with Jack, because he's meant to be visiting. And, and Largo says, that, oh, we got a phone call. Um, he's got delayed. He's not going to be here for another three weeks. So he's like very clearly brushing her off, which is leading her to believe what Bond is saying. So, yeah, that's yeah, pretty much it. Yeah, because Largo like, invites Bond to lunch is part of it. Yeah. So Bond does get invited to the boat, but she's all like, oh, I can't because of Jack and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Uh, and that's pretty much it for the casino scene there's one last little bit where bond goes and grabs his um his see i think it's a cigar case that he gave to the the bouncer pretending it's a a bomb and he just like opens the door grabs it and says thank you and then <laughs> and leaves and you just see the guy like kind of he's who was there the whole time you gotta give it to him but he's just in shock with what's just happened and and off he goes i actually kind of like that gag more than i thought i would like i I really did not like the fishing one because, again, it's a comedy film for the most part, this film. So you have a setup and then they have a payoff to the bit later, which is what we got with the fishing thing, where she's like, catch you later. And then Sean Connery says, you you did catch me later. Ho, ho. Uh, but I thought this one worked a little bit better because it was a little bit more visual. And this poor guy just holding up this case and just seeing Bond, like it just cuts to him in the closet, sweating. And Bond <laughs> just pokes his head out like, oh, thank you very much. Um, I did. I could have done without him passing out and rolling his eyes. That was a bit much. But yeah, like I'm not super into the idea of these like really manufactured comedy bits. But this one I thought was quite funny. I thought it worked quite well. I'll give it to them. Yeah, nice little bookend there to the scene. So Bond heads back to the villa uh, where Nicole left earlier on. He's eating an apple. <laughs> or he picks up an apple i can't remember but he's, yeah, it's, it's just, just yeah there's just a fruit bowl and he's just like oh apple because it's like the morning as well like he's now been like doing stuff throughout the night so we're now like in the morning which i thought was quite a nice bit of continuity but yeah he just like ah fruit bowl apple which maybe that's a throwback to the grape scene oh maybe um, yeah maybe so oh, we can't do grape it's copyright ah oh, we'll do an apple <laughs> the kids will love it and Sean's loving it because he's in, yeah, he's still in his suit and he's looking around. He's like, yeah, entering the villa and it's still quite dark and he's just munching on his apple as he's looking around. He's calling out to Nicole and there's no response. Um, and eventually he sees like up the stairs, there's a uh, very dangerous stairs, by the way, no, no railing at all. 
Um, one of the doors is flapping open, so he suspects something's up. He he sticks the apple on this little um, sculpture thing and and goes and goes into a room and sees all these crumpled up sheets on something. Now I think it is a bed. <laughs> But I thought the, it was a bath. Exactly. I don't know. Anyway. Based on what happens. But yeah, my assumption was that this was some sort of futuristic or just some sort of postmodern bed. But yeah, I don't. I, but then, yeah, because it has to be because then the sheets. But then yeah. where did the water? Oh. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't because know. exactly. And it's all done very quickly. Though, as this, there's this hard cut and zoom and Bond pulls off the sheets and then it cuts very, very quickly to almost under this bed and you're seeing through it from the underneath and there's Nicole and she's been drowned in this water bed thing, water bed bath thing. Don't know what it is. Nicole's dead, everyone. All right. That's, that's the gist of it. Um, yeah. Was it so, uh fundable where someone got drowned or was, no, that was Diamonds Are Forever, wasn't it? Um, You know, the woman who gets thrown out the window. Oh yes. And then later they go to the house and there's just a corpse in there. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's interesting because, like, I guess they love drowned women in these films. But this one felt a little bit more, like, haunting than that one. And that one was pretty grim in itself. But this one, they don't shy away from it. They, like, her eyes are open. You get, like, a full screen look at this corpse in this bath. It's actually pretty, pretty horrific. It is. I just think it's edited really poorly to kind of take away from it. I mean, they, they try and edit in a way that's shocking. But it, it was just, to me, it was just confusing how they do it. Um why is it a bed? Is it a bath? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was honestly still thinking that. Like, what is this? I don't know. Uh, maybe it's just because I was making notes as well. If I was just watching it, it'd be like, oh yeah, she's dead. But I was actually trying to work out what was going on here. Um, is it a bed or a bath? There's <laughs> sheets, but there's water. Hmm. I mean, it is the eighties. I wouldn't be surprised if it is some weird bed bath combination thing. Anything oh, goes. God, I mean, yeah. do you remember? Do you remember the fish tank bar, uh, bed from Diamonds Are Forever? Like. Maybe it's just in Sean's contract. He he just likes these things. <laughs> I'm going to answer your question. No, I don't remember the fish tank bed from Diamonds Off. Oh, you're missing out. That seems like a very minor detail that I expect you to know, <laughs> <laughs> but not me. Anyway, uh, so yeah, he finds Nicole dead and eventually hears a noise or something or sees someone run off. He gets, Something gets his attention. He looks outside and he looks down to see... Uh, Fatima is down at the bottom on the road about to drive off. I think she shouts something. Can't remember what it is up to Bond, you know, like kind of, what's the word? Taunts, you mean? Taunting, yeah, exactly. Taunting Bond to chase after her. So that's what he does. And it's time for him to crack open the Q gadget, the bike. So we see it emerge and he puts on his helmet and we get Biker Bond uh, <laughs> chasing after Fatima in his leather. And uh, yeah, this um, we just get a little chase scene now going through the town uh, of Nice. And obviously Fatima has a bit of a head start in the car. She's in this red car. So Bond is chasing after her. But to catch up, there's a few times where in the bike, he's going up some stairs, like some tight alleyways and things to try and cut corners and... Yeah, getting getting the lead and to to catch up with her, and it's um yeah, it actually weirdly reminded me quite a lot of No Time to Die. I guess because yeah. not long ago since we watched that, but very similar sort of town, like that area, that Mediterranean style, and um, lots of narrow streets and everything on the bike. 
uh, eventually some more goons, spectre goons that Fatima's got there is is kind of surrounding or getting involved in this chase scene. But she's on the radio in the car and she says, don't touch him. Uh, that line that you hear so often, don't touch him, he's mine, sort of thing. So she Well, the Skyfall line. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, she wants to be the one to take out Bond, or at least deal with him anyway. And eventually the chase heads into a uh, tunnel, and Bond on the bike drives in, and further on in the tunnel there's this big lorry with the back of it open, and some other people come from behind him, and eventually he gets trapped. People in front, people behind, and they like start to. One of the cars like literally starts to drive into him to force him up the back of this lorry into it to trap him. So eventually he does do that, but inside he turns around and because they're slow, because <laughs> they're closing the the back door so slowly, uh, it then acts as a ramp. So he, I'm not sure if he uses the boost here. Does he boost? No, out? I don't no. think he does. No. It makes sense too, but no, he just drives out. He uses it as a ramp, drives over all of the cars and is back out of the tunnel. So Fatima's not very happy at that. Tells them all off. And then the chase carries on. So they all head out trying to go after Bond, but Bond's actually kind of stayed back a bit to then go after them still. And this is where this is where he activates. You know, it can't just be a bike. It has to be a little bit more than that. So I don't know if we already used... Did he... You have to tell me what these things were. Like at one point, he presses one of the buttons, and these things come down over the wheels. Is it? Were they just like things to block the car? I'm not too sure. I just assumed they were all part of this whole boost system because I don't see anything else he does with it. I just think it's like he has to set up these like different things to make mm. the boost work. Okay, yeah, because there's like three buttons that he eventually presses, and then with the last one, activates a a turbo on the bike and that, that helps him to fly over a car and then the car behind smashes into the one in front of it and that that's that one dealt with. And then he also uses the boost to go over a bit of water uh, and eventually drives into another tunnel-looking place. Like, I don't know what, it just looks like there's a lot of junk in there um, by by the dock or something. And eventually goes in and finds a dead end. So as he turns around um, to to leave... There's this big mast-looking thing that swings round the doorway as he's as he's driving and knocks Bond off of the bike. Um, gets caught out by the old mast trick. <sighs> Should have seen it coming, really. <laughs> uh, yeah, I kind of want to say because that's the end of the chase. I really like this chase. I actually thought it worked really well. It felt very kinetic. It felt very fast. It was quite exciting the stunts itself was pretty cool seeing bond going through yeah seven to no time to die all these streets and going up these stairs it it moved at a good pace it was just pretty pretty good like an actual solid enjoyable chase and the boost maybe was a little bit forced in there but it kind of worked quite well and that moment when he goes in the tunnel he's just completely blocked and you just have him like on the he doesn't get off the bike he's just like spinning around and just you hear these like vroom 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 as he's just spinning trying to find a way out just for them to like shoo him into the back of a lorry just for him to boost out i was like that's pretty cool like it has a little bit of a different feel i don't feel like they would have done something like that in another bond film like have him just kind of get caught like that just to boost out maybe they would have done to be fair but it kind of worked quite well this stood out quite a lot and I'm assuming it's just like they wanted to have a chase scene 
So to make it different, they used a bike, but they kind of take full advantage of it. It's actually quite impressive. I was a, uh, I was surprised at how engaging this chase scene was. Yeah, I, I when I saw this, I did think, have we seen Bond on a bike, or would we have up to this point? Because I I couldn't think of any. I can't think of any. If it was, it wasn't. It wasn't like a core part of the chase. It would have been yeah. a small part. But again, they usually don't, and I think the reason is because of what happens at the start where Bond puts on a helmet, which initially I was like, that's silly, Bond wouldn't wear a helmet. And then I realised, oh, it's because Sean Connery is definitely not going to be the one doing all these stunts. Yep. <laughs> so they can just put a helmet on one of the stuntmen and just have him do all this really cool stuff. But like, even though that's obvious what's happening, because they do that, it means there's some really cool kind of bike work here. And it looks a lot better. Again, the idea that this is old man Sean, especially because of just how big Sean is, and he's in a black tux and stuff, is silly. But this whole film is silly. So that's kind of fine. Um, But yeah, I think that's kind of the reason why they haven't done it. I think they do do it later, though, after this point. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so it's probably not a good match for old man Sean. And again, it's another example of how they did not write this film for an older Bond. They just wrote it for Bond. Um, but still, they, they pulled it off, and it was quite surprising how well they pulled it off. I think the reason why I liked it is also just because it's the first decent bit of action in the film. <laughs> yeah, I guess re- so, right? There really hasn't been much, unless you found, anyone found the the, char- the the shark stuff interesting. I mean, what else has there been, really? So, like, I was all for this. So, yeah, okay, give me, and you know, some not completely awful music playing. I was like, all right, this is actually not bad now. That's all it takes. Uh yeah, there is something about this section in Nice where outside of the massage se- uh, section, it does feel like a proper Bond adventure. Like we're actually now in a Bond film. Now that it's fully got going, there's henchmen and a villain and Bond's going up against him and he's in a casino and he's doing stunts and stuff. And yeah, it's actually a proper Bond film now and it feels good. Yeah, well, let's just finish the scene, shall we? Because <laughs> <laughs> we can't let it be too good now without some weirdness thrown into the mix. No. Um Bond's been knocked off the bike, he's on the floor. And who was it that did that? Of course, it was Fatima. She she jumps out and this is where you see her in, in her full pirate getup. Grr. Uh, she's got these big, like wide I, I don't know. They got a name, those sort of trousers, but I can't think what it is, but um, Yeah, like the puffy trousers sort of thing. Yeah, but it's all plastic. It's all like very <laughs> shiny. <laughs> she looks so silly. Yeah, it's 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 definitely a look. And um she's there, she's got a gun, she's pointing at Bond and she asks uh, she makes him throw over his gun, uh, so he's disarmed and then gets him to spread his legs cuz he's sat on the floor, so he he spreads his legs and I can't remember exactly what she says, but I guess the idea is that he's going to shoot in his groin or something like that. Yeah, she's like you're quite a man, but I'm a superior woman, so guess where you're going to get the first bullet. Yes, that's right. But before she actually does anything, she's, as as Tom mentioned earlier about the honor top connection, she's very sex oriented. So with all this superior woman stuff, um, she, uh, she wants she wants Bond to admit that, <laughs> that she was the best he's ever had. And at first Bond's like, well, actually, there was this one lady in Florida or something, he says. Yeah, uh, which, Philadelphia. Which, oh, Philadelphia, uh, which angers her. But eventually he sort of relents and uh, he's like, yes, you're the best. I was actually going to write write you in my memoirs that you are number one. 
I guess linking to the Spectre there. But um, upon hearing that, she gets very excited by this prospect of, oh, memoirs. So she <laughs> she sees a bit of paper on the floor and carefully throws it over to Bond and instructs him to write and literally dictates to him what to write down on this bit of paper, which is basically, yeah, that she was the best sex he ever had. But she says it like the best night of rapture was afforded to me on a boat in Nassau by Fatima Blush. (laughs) Obviously, (laughs) it's just it's so it's just like, what am I watching right now? Um, But obviously, Ben uh, Bond has his pen. His his Q pen is finally going to come into play here because that's what he's going to be using to write this message. And as he does so, he's like pretends to start writing, and he goes, "Oh, I've just remembered. It's it's uh, service policy that agents can't give out endorsements." And um, she gets very angry. But at that point, he's basically got the pen pointed straight at her. So he fires the pen, and. Off it shoots into her, and you see it. She's got kind of a little blood stain in her chest, but it hasn't exploded yet. So she realizes she's been she's been shot, but nothing's happened. So she's just laughing because she thinks Bond's failed, and she's really cackling at this. But it's just you know, just a little delay because then eventually this little fuse does go off, and she goes boom. And when I say she goes boom, she really goes boom. <laughs> it's yeah. just it's yeah. There's a shot from Bond. A little bit further back, and you see Fatima or the dummy that looks like Fatima in the distance, uh, just for a freeze frame, and then bang! It's it's almost it, it it's almost like a parody. Um, the way that this this happens, the and the speed of it all. But yeah, that's Fatima dealt with. <laughs> what an ending to her! It's so strange, right? Because I'm assuming so much of this is just a force in the fact that Bond has to be able to use a pen. Yeah. Like, I'm assuming they wrote this backwards, being like, well, we got this pen, so... And Fatima's just kind of insane. So is there something we can do with that? <laughs> and they went all in with it, her dressed as the pirate, screaming at Bond, saying, write this note about how I was the greatest rapture you ever had. And it's... Uh, I guess I'm going to say what I said about the shark thing. Like, it's too stupid for me to like it, but it is also too stupid for me to dislike it. Like, it's just so crazy and odd and strange that it's hard to really be, like, annoyed by it. It's I'm not, like, so invested in the drama of the Fatima character that I'm like, oh, they've ruined, <laughs> you ruined legacy. Fatima. Oh, <laughs> the character assassination. On, no, this is probably in a very appropriate way to to kind of kill her and explode in a... Yeah, in this glorious explosion. That probably does kind of make sense. But yeah, again, I couldn't say I was kind of super into this, but and it was very confusing. And the Bond lines did make me kind of laugh where he is just winding her up and she just gets upset with that. I thought that was enjoyable. So I I guess I liked it, but that doesn't sound right. I don't think that's true, but I couldn't really say I thought it was bad because it was just so strange that I just couldn't look away. That's the thing, isn't it? You just can't look away. It's 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 a bit of a car crash thing. And I, yeah, I, I think I'm in the same boat. It's obviously not great, but it is just so weird. And I think what they've done with this character of Fatima, and I was trying to work out who is this character, and I guess it's Volpe? Yeah. And, this, I mean, they've really ramped up her craziness for this one. 
and made her a true femme fatale type character. I like it. I like what they did with Fatima, if only because it is a bit camp and a little bit weird and really stays with you. Like that that explosion bit. Oh man, that just makes me chuckle thinking about it. So yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously not great in terms of an actual Bond film, but it, it is. It's got those vibes of Diamonds Are Forever, where it's just like, what am I watching? And and because of that, I I do like it. Yeah, I think it made sense they changed her name considering like the character does the same things in Thunderbolt as they do this one. But like, yeah, she's just so different. And again, the only stuff I really didn't like was the first scene with Captain Jack. But once Captain Jack gets the old snake in the car, yeah, I, I had a decent time with Fatima. The only complaint would be that it just feels like padding, which is unfortunate. But yeah, I would say I had a decent time. And she was nominated for a Golden Globe for her role in this film. So Was she? Oh. Yep. Did she win? <laughs> no, she was just oh. nominated. But that's more than I can say for anything in Fundable. So <laughs> that's one point, Kevin McClory, for you. Basically, that means it's the better film then. I think so. Yeah. I yeah. only go by Golden Globe nominations. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> this has won. Right. Well, uh, just to end off the scene after Fatima's untimely death, uh, we untimely do see... Death. <laughs> We see the remnants of A moment of, of silence for Fatima's <laughs> untimely death. Taken too soon. She was. She was. Uh, all you see left of her is some charred high heels smoking. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a great shot. Yeah. Uh, and Bond, he, he looks around uh, at where he, he was cut off before, and I think there's police that are now trying to get in. I guess they must have heard some commotion. So uh, he goes to leave the other way, and Felix turns up, finally. Bond is quite rightly kind of like, well, where have you been? <laughs> He's like, well, you know, um, you had it all under control, uh, Felix was saying, or along those lines. We were watching. Basically, they were just watching this whole thing play out. Is like the gist I got from it. Oh, thanks. Um, but yeah, Felix is reunited and the two have to get out and they, they get out without much fuss by posing as, well, Bond's on a bike. He suddenly looks very French um, on a bike singing in French. And Felix is is kind of jogging along uh, behind him, and they they just look like normal people, and that's how they get out. It's very strange. But um, would you describe them as normal people? The way yeah, they that's, look? that's true. That is true. I mean, I've just seen Fatima though, so that doesn't take much to look normal. Yeah, I suppose so. But yeah, they're just like stripped down to like vest and shorts, like white, like very old school exercise gear, like not proper stuff. Just like them, basically in their underwear. And yeah, again, as you say, Bond just singing, like, I just put it fake French sounds. It's just like, do 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 like, just making these really odd noises as Felix is, like, pretending to box. Mm. And that's, and the police are like, oh, hello, <laughs> French citizens. <laughs> Nothing Carry to see on. here. <laughs> Nothing to see here. And yeah, they get away. Yeah. So, yeah, that then takes us to some shots of the Flying Saucer, which is the, the yacht, a Largo yacht. And there's like some really happy, bouncy music for some reason. Oh, and then it's it just awful. Cuts. Like you get it for about four seconds and then it goes. I don't, I don't yeah. know. I don't know why. This is a thing I might have mentioned earlier about it looking like, but sounding like a sitcom. It, it literally sounds like a sitcom sting, you know, when, when they go from one scene to another. Because yeah. you're right, it's only about four seconds long and it does, it sounds like some 80s American sitcom thing, and like all in the family or whatever it would have been. It's just very, very strange. Yeah, we haven't mentioned every time the music has been bad because we've already said the music is bad, but it's probably worth repeating. The music's really bad. Like, it's so 
just basic. Like in that bike chase scene, I couldn't really describe that music, but it was that very bassy, like 19, I put 1930s chase music for that one. Oh. Like it was very old timey, like, ah, oh, he's getting away, chief. It's, it felt like that. Mm, and yes. that's what the whole music like of this film is. So it's terrible because it's just so like, I don't know, just outdated. No class, no like sense of musical creativity, just so basic and rubbish. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so we cut to two men scuba diving underneath the ship and kind of they're, they're swimming around uh, where the flying saucer is and one of them signals to come over. They find a, a hatch and one of the men go in, goes inside the hatch and we see them now in the ship and the water starts draining because they're somehow through. Um, the other man can't get in, but we see that it's actually Bond inside the ship and it's Felix is the other person who can't get in. Um, so... Yeah, Bond is inside the ship and he's kind of then coming out of like this hatch. It like opens up and he kind of climbs out of this ladder and he like climbs out of this like tube on the ship. And as he pokes his head out, a very tall man appears. Can't see his face, but he's just like, ah, Mr. Largo is waiting for you, sir. And Bond kind of looks up. He's like, ah, thank you. Um, and this guy just looks like a butler. And he gives Bond a robe and a towel and he puts those on. And we cut to Domino on the yacht also in a robe and yeah bond like kind of sees her across the ship but just walks off so they they know each other is there but they don't interact and bond kind of enters the the front of the ship where the the control areas is or the the steering and runs into largo and largo's all like ah good morning and says oh you're ready for lunch um and then largo kind of tells his captain ah prepare for a departure and I think he tells his butler, go get Bond some clothes. He's all being very friendly and smiley once again. And um, Bond was then saying, well, I, you only asked me for lunch. I didn't know I was getting a cruise. Um, and then Larko's all like, do you want a cigarette? And Bond's like, oh, not today. So he just like kind of casually throws it off screen somewhere. Then he's all like, hmm, hmm. So, oh, how about a drink? And Bond's all like, ah, oh, yes, vodka martini. I found this so charming, Largo's acting here, because he's just so leaning into that role of the villain being a nice host. Yeah. Just him, like, saying, ah, cigarettes, cigarette, like you would offer a guest. Like, do you want some dip? Some dip? Some chips and dip? <laughs> I feel like... And then he's like, oh, no, thank you. He's like, oh. A cake? A little, little puppy? <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, let me see what else I got in the kitchen. I know I have something in the back of the fridge. Ah, here we go. There we go. You want some of this? It's like a grandma trying to feed you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like the first thing is like, oh, no, no, thank you. And just like, oh, mm, come on. I know I've got something. You must have something. It's <laughs> 50p. Eat. Go get some sweets. Yeah, just get yourself a little something. Just uh, <laughs> Yeah, Largo is just so oddly charming in this film. It's just infectious. Yeah. Um, a little bit. So we cut to, yeah, so Bond has been, has asked for his vodka martini. And we see Felix nearby climbing out of the ocean in his scuba gear. And he sees the yacht leaving. So he has not made it. Uh, onto the yacht um, and then we cut to Largo going into what he calls the situation room and Bond is following him so this is what we saw before when Largo was on the flying saucer the room where all the guys were where he was being very friendly and saying good morning good morning so all these different screens control panels and a lot of people working in there and Bond looks around and says ah you could run a small government from here and Largo says well I hope to run a very large government from here and he says his next venture is oil. It's going to be a big departure for him looking into oil. 
And Bond says, well, if it's that big, I hope it doesn't blow up in your face. And Largo just laughs and smiles and Largo kind of just leaves Bond alone, says some things. I think he just like enjoy the ship and he kind of then buggers off and leaves Bond in the situation room and Bond just in his robe and Martini just starts looking around. And as he's looking around, he sees a computer screen that says the tears of Allah on it, which is like, oh yeah, that thing, that plot point. Mm -hmm. Like it is mentioned several times in the film, but it's almost one of those where it's like, well, why? Like this just, it's not that big of a deal. It's so small. It's not really that big of a deal. It's like, it's just treated with more weight. Like you're supposed to see the tears of Allah and be like, oh, the, the villain's plot, the tears of Allah. But it doesn't yeah. really mean anything. And even by the time it kind of does, it's like, well, we, we know they stole two warheads. Why are, we, why are you trying to hammer home the tears of Allah? It doesn't matter where they set these warheads off. They're bloody nuclear warheads. It doesn't really matter the specifics of it. I get the threat. Stop stop it. Like, oh, It bugged me more than it should, but it's it was annoying. Yeah, to be fair, I almost missed that Bond saw that on the screen because I just honestly... But... But I guess I saw it, but I just didn't care that it, it said Tears of Anna and the yeah. same thing as you. I was just too busy thinking, all right, first of all, Bond's, Bond's in his dressing gown with a martini glass. I love that look. Yep. <laughs> I want I want to be him right there. But also, the villains just said, yeah, enjoy the ship. Off you go. And I know it's part of the whole, they're acting nice to each other and and it's it's they they know what each other is actually doing sort of thing but i just i do like that it's just yeah go on enjoy yourself i've got i'm I'm gonna go do some work for a bit but yeah go around explore make yourself at home and just there in the dressing gown (laughs) yeah what a nice guy what a nice guy largo is honestly yeah he's once again said it before we'll probably say again it's that elements of other bond films just being a little bit more exaggerated and shining the light on this as you say, in other Bond films, he would go around and take a look and see stuff. But so in this one, Largo is just like, yeah, go take a look. It's fine. It's all good. <laughs> so it's just that, but amplified. And to be honest, I love that trope a little bit. I love the the villain being the host. That's also one of my favorite tropes in Bond. So mm. I'm I'm kind of in favor for like an exaggerated version of it. And one that's a little bit silly as well. Yeah. Um, so we cut to Bond walking through the yacht and uh, Domino appears. And he's like, ah, Mr. Bond. But then, like, the butler appears and doesn't see Domino. And he's all like, here's your clothes, Bond. And then Domino's, like, pointing to say, meet up with me later, I think. I don't really know. Um, So then we can then cut to some more shots of the yacht sailing. Because this film is edited really badly sometimes. Um, Rather than just having Bond get changed and then meet Domino, we instead have him walking through. Domino appears... Is hidden from the butler. The butler gives him the clothes. Domino says, meet me later. We get an exterior shot and then Bond's in the studio. It's so dumb. Um, uh, so yeah, so Bond's now in the, the dance studio, the one that we saw before, the one that we know Largo can see inside. And Domino shouts, ah, what happened to my brother? But Bond's all like, hush, hush. Tells, him, uh, tells her to wait. And he puts on some very loud music, which I can only really describe as porn music. <laughs> so that's his film soundtrack then? Basically. Yeah, pretty much the whole thing. Yeah, but very porny sort of sounds. And Largo is in his little kind of room that we know he was in before. his like private office and booth. And he notices the music. So he opens up the wall to take a look inside the studio and he sees Bond and Domino in there. 
but due to the music, he knows that Bond is talking but can't actually hear him. Like he can kind of hear like a little bit, but not enough to really know what they're talking about. So Bond asks her about the Tears of Allah. What do you know about it? Uh, Domino's trying to listen in and Domino then shows Bond her necklace, which there's like that symbol on it. And Bond doesn't really know what it means. But then asks her, where are we heading? Do you know? And she says, North Africa. I don't know if you caught the name of the place specifically, but I wasn't, I didn't really care enough to write it down. Uh, It was... Uh, hang on. Palmyra. Palmyra, yes, in North Africa. And Bond says, oh, I need to send a message. I need to send a tram- transmission. Um, and he's like, oh, this could be risky to do this, but I'm going to need your help. And Bond says, I'm going to kiss you and you need to respond like you like it. And he says, I'm doing it for two very good reasons. And one, I'm hoping to provoke a reaction. And the other one, well, I've always wanted to. So they start kissing and Bond kind of knows that Largo is watching, which is why he's doing it. And Largo kind of sees them kissing and gets very angry and he closes the window and then kind of charges out of the room. And well, actually, we like cut straight to him charging into the room, but they've already gone. And then Domino again straight away activates the alarm on the ship, which causes the situation room from before to clear out. Bond then enters the room, goes up to like a machine, starts pressing a load of buttons um, and then we cut to Largo still in the dance studio, like holding a picture of Domino. And is this a picture of Domino and Jack or is this a picture of Domino and Largo? I think it's of her and Jack. I thought it was Jack as well, but they don't really show it too well. But this is all very strange because it just cuts to him holding the picture and he drops it and the frame and the glass breaks. And it's all very dramatic. It's just like, what the hell was that? It's symbolism. No, it isn't. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. It's just, oh, so weird. Why was that even... There's just so many questions. Like, why was it in there in the first place? Why did he pick it up? Why did he smash it? Why, like, as part of the film, what is this meant to signify? Like, all of it's nonsense. Um, So we kind of see... He's just hanging out in that room, and we see Bond enter the like the little area that Largo was in before his small like secret office area and he sits down and then he starts like flicking a switch and he starts like sending a transmission and at the same time Largo then like picks up this axe like a fire axe looks at one of the mirrors and just starts attacking the mirror and Bond can kind of see him do Symbolism. this kind of... well that he's mad he's attacking himself Ah, (laughs) carry on (laughs) yeah very deep this yeah um so yeah so he starts just attacking all the different mirrors in the the studio and bond sees it and then eventually logo like smashes the music because i think that was playing the whole time and the music stops and as the music stops we then hear an uh an announcement saying no that was a false alarm and everyone should return to their stations so largo then returns to his little room and oh this was just I wouldn't really say I hated it or anything like that. It's just so confusing, so weirdly edited to get this all kind of shoved in here. Such odd logic. I just don't know why this had to play out in such an awkward, strange fashion. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, ultimately, the the plot beats here are very, very simple. Bond just needs to send a message out. That's all that really needs to happen here. But it is done in such a roundabout and really dull way like i don't i don't find any of this interesting 
not even uh i think that could have been quite a cool bit with uh largo losing his temper and smashing the place up but i I don't know if they quite pulled it off um because you know we've seen him act so nice and friendly maybe he breaks a bit and like lets loose uh but ultimately i think yeah this bit on the on the boat was just kind of a bit nothingy i'm kind of glad that doesn't really (laughs) we don't really stay here for very long yeah, again, that's another thing, right? Like, a lot of these scenes don't really drag on all that much. I don't think that really saves the pacing. I would still say this is not very well paced. Um, but at least this wasn't that long. Um, but I agree with you. I quite like the idea of let's see a bit of Largo getting a bit wound up and mad. It's just done in such a strange way that I just can't get invested in it. But I like the idea of Largo just being smiley and then just switching to being very quite harsh and smashing stuff that's quite cool it's just yeah no impact due to the way it was done no we then cut to mi6 we're back with m he's at his desk he's looking at some paperwork and the tanner not tanner guy comes in um to inform that they've received bond's uh, emergency message uh, and the message read about north africa pal palmyra and so it's really just all M says is, oh, okay, great. Uh, where's that? Go investigate. <laughs> Go find out. Uh, and then that's that. It's literally just to say, okay, MI6 now, no. So the message got through. Uh, yeah, which is a, another change. Again, not a massive scene, but yeah, we don't normally see that. I think I remember us, or we commented that with the Craig era, they try to get them more into the film later, where the original films didn't really do that. Bond got the assignment, he went and got it done. For this one, yeah, they actually do work in M a little bit more. Not a massive amount, but a little bit more. Uh, with how long this film is, I think they should have just cut it. But yeah, interesting they did want to keep M going as part of the plot. Yeah, it's strange though, because they don't... Like, it isn't British forces that come later on. It's all American, isn't it? So yeah. it's not like they sent thing. They sent people to go help Bond. It's All the backup is, is the Navy, the American Navy. Anyway. Yeah, it's just uh, a gag, really, isn't it? I think we already said it. M's just a comedy character. So this is more just for like, ha ha ha, M, you silly. And then there's some more references to M being silly as well. Yeah, it's just that really. But anyway, it gave us a little break to then go back to the ship. And very, very strange, very, very, very strange pacing here. We get a shot of looking through binoculars, um, looking at this big kind of castle fort stone looking thing, uh, which is presumably Palmyra. And... You see that it's Bond looking through the binoculars and he's on the boat with uh, Domino and Largo comes up to them and they're all just fine. Like, hang on a minute. The last scene we just saw was not this way at all. So either something's happened off screen or uh, it was just very, very strange. It's suddenly after all of the alarm and sending this and kissing and smashing and then suddenly back to just as if that never happened. Well, yeah, this is the problem when you exaggerate certain elements of the formula where normally with this one, Bond would be up to something, but the villain kind of pretends like they don't know just to have this like uneasy piece. But because they exaggerated so much and it's so ridiculous, it just is so jarring when they're all just hanging out on the boat having a chat. Like, no, like, no, no way that would go that way. So, yeah, there is kind of a consequence there to them, like ramping that up and having it play out in the way it did. Yes, yeah, just a bit jarring. But they they go into this uh, Palmyra place, very different looking, obviously, to the one that we saw in Thunderball. That was a very beautiful Bahama 
house and this is a big fort coastal fort looking place uh but they go in and and uh they're inside this lobby uh largo bond and domino and there's some you know it's, it's quite it's got loads of stuff on the walls and artifacts and furniture and you know it's a big fancy looking place there's armed guards inside and this doesn't really take long for largo to sort of reveal it all and he eventually tells the guards to to take bond away so they grab bond and he gets yanked out back outside from where they came so it's just largo and domino so this is where he goes up to one of the walls and grabs one of these relics and it's a big jade statue and he says it's this famous statue, the most uh, valuable thing he owns. And he goes and hands it over to Domino and says it's a wedding present. But be you know, be careful with it. And so she's there holding it. He's walking around her and he's got kind of a bit of a menacing undertone with everything he's saying. And he starts to say that, oh, you betrayed me, but I forgive you. And Aww. I know it's nice of him to do what that. What a sweetheart. And Domino's sort of getting a bit worked up and she she asks about her brother and he just doesn't really answer the question again. He sort of avoids it, uh, to which she then just says, I hate you. I hate you. And this is where he grabs her and kind of forces a kiss from her very aggressively, a very angry, dribbly kiss. There's a big bit of slobber. I don't know if oh, you yeah, that. it was awful. Yeah. It was like right in the middle because they'd not done another take. But um, that causes her to drop the statue. And it obviously didn't really mean that much. But I, I do like that at this point, she says to him, you're crazy. And he goes, yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe I'm crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, just love, I, love, I love the delivery of that. It's just, yeah, well, maybe I am. So what? <laughs> and he starts whistling for some reason. Uh, and that's kind of the end of this little scene between the two of them. So it's all, you know, the mask is, is gone now from Largo uh, it, to some some extent but it is a strange scene and i could have done without the slobbery kiss but i still i still really like this character i just for that one line of him just going yeah you're right maybe i am crazy <laughs> yeah i agree like it's oh, it's so it's just delivered in such a like quiet way and stuff yeah it's very like, refreshing you do kind of buy it because <laughs> the dialogue is pretty terrible in this scene and stuff like i hate you where's my brother and then but yeah largo the actor playing largo sells does like all the heavy lifting here and this is again like this is where domino has been kind of screwed over with the way she's portrayed in this film the fact that she was so extremely lovey-dovey at the beginning cut to this it's just off like it makes more sense in the original story where she was just somewhat forced into this relationship a little bit and it makes the it would make this scene make more sense if they kept that. But the fact that it is portrayed like she's actually is in love with him, and now she's just getting all like obviously like she's switching. But if she already was like not happy with this guy and knew he was crazy, this would feel a little better. But it just feels so odd. Like that oh, that initial scene was just so off and just didn't work. That or just didn't do what it needed to do for the rest of the story. That yeah really like i mean the dialogue's kind of bad here as well and the story beats just fall flat just yeah now it's all about silliness and just enjoying largo's acting that's what it really is about pretty much yeah that that's it so after that we see uh domino is being kind of taken away and she's also been wrapped in loads of black cloth you know from head to toe just her face is visible and she's being ushered outside and and taken up to this 
post that's kind of just in the middle of this little area in in the fort uh, outside. And then we also see where Bond has been taken as well, which is basically this big jail cell looking room. It's a very large room, but it's full of uh, skeletons and vultures. Very, very (laughs) scary and spooky. And I've got to say... Whenever people say about vultures and, oh, the, the vultures are circling, they're meant to be a thing where it uh, evokes death and everything. When you see vultures not flying and they're just hopping around on the floor, they kind of lose that, <laughs> that angle. They I just look they worked, silly. I thought they kind of worked well. Like, I agree they're silly, but again, I think it matches the tone. I could have done without the skeletons. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like something from Aladdin or something. It's so silly. Um, but I thought the vultures... They did creep me out, mostly because they weren't doing anything. I mean, they did hop, as you say, but they're huge. They are huge birds. And just having so many of them around, I actually did kind of creep me out a little bit. Not okay. overall, because everything else is still kind of silly, but actually I thought it was a really... I actually really liked this kind of visual and this kind of setup here of just Bond in a cell with all these vultures hanging around, not doing anything, just there. And making this kind of odd noise as well. I don't know what noises vultures make, but like the vultures in this film just make a very odd noise whenever they do stuff, which might be realistic. I don't know, but I actually I quite know. like the vultures in the end. Okay, yeah, all right then. But yeah, so there are all these vultures and the skeletons and remains in the room, and Largo comes in and Bond's chained up on the wall uh, by his his arms and legs, I think. And uh, yeah. Largo comes over and there's a little window next to Bond. He looks out and looks down and that's where Domino is, um, kind of been tied to the post. And he says to Bond, you know, every game must have a winner, basically just a little bit of of taunting. Um, He says, ciao, Bella, to to Bond as he goes to walk off. Uh, But just before he does, Bond gets his attention and and asks about the missiles. And he says, well, you know, just tell me where the missiles are. You know, you've you've got me now. Just, I'm, I'm interested sort of thing and Largo says for some reason he tells Bond he says well the first one is under the president's feet in Washington DC and Bond says and yeah and the second one and it's as if he goes to say it Largo and then he stops himself and he's like oh that's a secret and like taps his nose or she goes like shh and then <laughs> and then just goes bye and then off he off he goes so Bond knows where one of the missiles is and yeah, just like they thought before when they said it's probably going to be on the eastern seaboard. Yeah, they were right. They were spot on. So anyway, uh, with that, yeah, Largo's left. He goes down to the, the post area outside and and uh, is saying goodbye to Domino. He's got this boom box with him and he he plays some music for her as a bit of a joke. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, we're at the point with this film. There's been so many more weirder things that are being like, yeah, Largo has a boom box. Yep, <laughs> that's not <laughs> yeah. odd. Obviously. At this point. Yeah. Uh, and he, he plays the tango music that her and Bond dance to before, as he says goodbye to her. And um, there is this one man as well that's next to her on the post that he gets involved with later on. But yeah, oh yeah, he gets involved. But we then see Bond back in the in the cell. And this is where the other Q gadget comes into play. Don't forget, he has the laser watch from, from before. So he uses the laser to break free from the chains um yeah get himself loose from that i i kind of i honestly forgot that was a thing up until that point i guess you know sometimes they only do need to use a gadget once but yeah he has a laser watch yeah i agree and I, we haven't done this and i don't really want to do this but you could make a whole list of things that never say never again did first that then the later films ended up doing and this would be one of them 
Um, but there's actually quite a few in here. We already mentioned like Honor Top and stuff, but yeah, there's actually quite a few. I don't really care enough about this film to go into them all, but mm. obviously the Laser Watch one is quite on the nose with the fact that it's used. Is it twice? Obviously it's Goldeneye. I want to say it's used again, but yeah, became quite a classic Bond one. I'm assuming it wasn't used in any of the other films because otherwise they probably couldn't have used it in this one. Um, but yeah, definitely comes back. Yeah. Back down with Domino. That's when uh, all these men on horseback come and enter the, the fort. They all ride in and they surround her on this post. And it, you eventually look, kind of realise it's becoming a bit of an auction. They want, they're going to buy Domino and the guy is, is bidding next to her and they're all offering out coins and everything for her. And he loosens and um, strips the black cloth from her and she's in this dainty dress. So they're all like, oh, and then start throwing money and everything and trying to buy her. Uh, Largo is leaving. He's he gets on a little boat with the remaining missile and gets that going and, and goes to leave. And now that all these men have arrived at the fort, one of them goes up to where Bond uh, would would have been in the jail cell. But I think I might have missed at one point. But Bond looked over and he saw like bars, the window bars. So that's that was his plan of escape anyway. So as this guard comes in, there's no one there. He sees the open window where it looks like the bars have been cut and looks outside and he's suddenly yanked out and thrown down because Bond was on the other side, hanging off the edge. How long he was there for? Nobody knows. <laughs> was he expecting someone to come in? Uh, but yeah, that means he can get back up and then leave the room because it's been unlocked. And he goes down some stairs. He takes out another guard or two. He eventually gets on one of their horses and starts to gallop down to where Domino is and pick her up on the horse away from all of the creepy men trying to buy her. Uh, so she's now behind Bond on the horse and he goes to leave, but uh, the door is, is closed, not the door, the gate is closed to block him. So he has to turn around and ride the other direction. So the other men start to chase chase uh, Bond and Domino. Some of them try to shoot, but they, one of them is very angry and like, don't shoot, I guess, because they, the, they might hit Domino. So they start to ride up around this this fort, up some stairs, and eventually wrap around, and all these men are still chasing her. They eventually reach the top, and there's nowhere else really to go at this point. They are getting surrounded eventually, so Bond decides the best course of action. He sees that, you know, being this isn't right next to the coast, he thinks, let's just jump straight off on the horse. So on the horse, yes. He, he runs up. And you get this really strange insert slow-mo shot. Uh, and it even it's like the sound almost goes slow-mo as well or something. Like sure they're going, oh. <laughs> and, then, and then you see this really awful shot of an actual horse and people falling into the water. This poor horse is like on its back as it falls in. It cannot have been very nice for the animal. Um, but yeah, that's how they escape from this place. Gosh. It looks so bad. Like, there's the two things, right? First of all, this idea is absolutely ridiculous because this isn't just, like, this is a really tall fort. They fall quite far from yeah. that horse into the water. And, yeah, no, that wouldn't happen. Um, but then the way it's shot is so bad. It's just, like, green screened or whatever, this horse on top of this footage. And it's just, like, kind of being moved down along it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. Like, so bad. And... <laughs> As you say that, ah, 
it just looks awful. Like I kind of loved it because it was so surprising. I did not think Bond was going to do that. And I didn't think it was going to look so bad. So I kind of did enjoy it. Like, <laughs> And they don't even show it land, which obviously you can't. They have to cut it off and then just hear the splash. And then they just cut to Bond and Domino swimming in the water because they can't oh. show it. No, I think, Joe, you know I think this is a difference then, actually. Okay. So I'm guessing your version was, was it a UK version or was it a region free one? Uh, well, it's a, it was the Blu-ray. I don't have it next to me. So d- did you, in when you watched it, was there a shot of them actually falling in the water, an actual horse falling in the water? No. Oh, okay. So the version I watched does have that, but that was cut in the UK release. Oh, right. Yeah, I must have the UK one though. Yeah, like for me, you don't see it. It cuts that off. You hear the, sp- like it stops. You hear a splash and then it cuts to Bond and Domino swimming under the water. Interesting. Yeah. So you, it, they did actually do it where a literal horse is, is clearly pushed off and falls in the water with them. Oh, so, God. Yeah, it looks awful because as I say, the horse, it falls at a weird angle, like it's right on its back. It's an angle of a horse that you'd never really see. A literal upside down horse. <laughs> Never um, wanted to see. No, and it's just you just watch it and think, oh, that poor horse. But I, I think I would have preferred your version, actually. You don't need to see that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it plays more into the comedic angle that you don't see it, really. Yeah, exactly. Because this is complete nonsense and comedy. Like, even before this point, there's a really silly bit where Bond's, like, on the horse gallops past some men on the horse. But I think what happens is that he goes so quick, it kicks up a load of dust and then the guys on the horse go into the dust and fall off because of it. Ah. And the music is just really quite wacky as well and strange. And we haven't even got to the fact that Domino was trying to be sold there. Like, oh, God. But yeah, the horse stuff I kind of did enjoy because it was just really stupid. Enjoy is a strong word. But it was just so <laughs> silly and nonsense that I was kind of along for the ride at this point. Um, yeah. But yeah, the Domino being sold stuff, its it just goes back to what we we're, were saying before. She is treated like such just a like sex object in this film to the point where she's literally almost purchased. Yep. <laughs> literally, that almost happens. Not even prostitution. We're talking about like, I will own you, sexy woman. <laughs> like, and she's sold. It's like, oh. again, it's not like you can't have something like this in a film, but when you just put it all together for one of your core central characters, it's all she's really used for. Like, that's the only way she's used for, and it's gross. So. Yeah, and especially the way like the men buying her are betrayed as well. Again, very stereotypical. Yeah. And it's just quite nasty and it's just yeah, quite again, another really uncomfortable scene to kind of watch. And then yeah, it goes from that, Domino always being sold by all these horrible stereotypes and stuff, to like Bond jumping off a thing on a horse. Like it just becomes then really wacky. It's like this is just very strange. All very strange. It's a it's a shame really, because I didn't if it weren't for the the selling a woman and the horse jump <laughs> and the weird slobbery kiss. I I thought this bit in Palmyra could have actually been quite interesting because, as I say, it's very different than Thunderball. It's not some fancy-looking villa. It's this, It's a def, definitely a change of scenery. And it, it could have been... I think it could have been quite a cool location. I don't know if this place was real. Um, it looks real in some of the shots. But as far as just like, like iconic places to film at, I thought that's actually not a bad choice to switch it up like that. But then it's just everything that happens here just kind of sucks. So it doesn't really matter in the end. Yeah, I'm with you. Like this stuck out to me. Again, it's another thing that when I watched this before as a kid, 
I remember it taking place in Africa. Like, I remember this place. Not the specifics, but I remember it. So yeah, they did have a good opportunity. I did like the fort. And again, it's Largo being creepy and odd and stuff. And that was good. And I did like the vultures as well. And Bond being locked up. And the laser watch is kind of classic. And it was also interesting to see Bond ride around on a horse. Again, another reference you could say that they do in the future with the living daylights. There was a little bit of that in that. Um, So yeah, that potential is just kind of... A lot of the story damage has already been done with Domino and Largo and stuff. And they just had to get this really kind of not great stuff in there. So it's like, oh. But yeah, it could have been something kind of cool. And we're like done as well. That was it. Yeah. Hope everyone enjoyed it. We're done. (laughs) They're moving on to the next thing now. Yeah, they they get shot at briefly by all the men up from above, um, shooting them in the water. But eventually the the men on the, the fort just start getting bombed. And you realize that the uh, the U.S. Navy has come in. Felix is there to rescue, and they he pulls up in a little kind of dinghy boat thing, and they take Bond and uh, and Domino. And I think Bond very very quickly mentions uh, the first bomb is in Washington. And, you know, go deal with that. <laughs> so, and that's that. That's that's the fort done with. Yeah, I'm just going to say this now because I don't. We haven't talked about Felix yet, but I actually did end up quite liking this Felix in this film. Oh, really? Yeah, I actually thought he just worked well against Sean Connery and Bond. I actually thought their chemistry was actually pretty decent. And I like that Felix is in it quite a lot. Like he's following Bond wherever he goes. I like the presence that he has and the actor seems kind of likable. And yeah, I thought decent chemistry. So actually I ended up kind of liking Felix in the end. I didn't really like this Felix. Okay, right. Yeah, I think for me, they just make him seem quite stupid. Or maybe not stupid, but just... They didn't want to have any scenes with him and Bond together until the end, I guess. So he's always just there right at the last minute. And then it just seems, yeah, it just seems silly. It's like he's suddenly at the last second, oh, Felix is here. It's okay. Is it, he, can, he can clean up. But um, I mean, yeah, I, I think the two of them at the end with the final battle scene is all right. But I just think the way they used him up till now, I don't know, it's just kind of became a bit of a joke to me. It's just, oh, Felix is suddenly here. Yep. All right. Of course. Scene's over. So he's got to show up. I think you're right. But I think that is the joke. Like, yeah. I don't think yeah. that's, I think that's deliberate. So I can kind of get on board with that. Um, yes. Yeah, so we're done with that place. So we then cut to a sub going underwater. So yeah, so like the Americans have shown up in a sub. So we cut to Bond having a shower with Domino in the sub, just washing each other. Because I guess now they're a couple or something. I think I he guess. makes some sort of comment about it. I don't, really don't care. Um, so... Bond's like, Domino looks sad, and Bond's all like, what's the matter? And Domino's all like, oh, you're going after Largo. And Bond's like, well, I have to go after Largo. And Domino's like, well, I want him as much as you do, but maybe I don't hate him enough to risk losing you? And Bond says, I wouldn't want to risk losing me either. And they kiss? (laughs) What did I miss? Like, why are they showering? Why is she in love with him now? Like... God, it's terrible. It's just awful. I that might be the worst line of the film, actually. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's so bad. So this is when the film takes a turn, right? Like I think even with the Africa stuff being off, I think there was still a strange entertainment with it, and a lot of the niece stuff I did somewhat enjoy. So after not enjoying the clinic, somewhat enjoyed some of the niece stuff, some of the Bahamas stuff, even the Africa stuff. Kind of, I wasn't really off it, like falling off yet. This scene is when I was like. 
oh god <laughs> oh <laughs> so my. this meme was bad and i don't think it ever gets good again until the until like the credits roll and i can do something else yeah so <laughs> like, you can stop watching exactly like that line <laughs> is like the tipping point of like just to let you know this film's gonna suck for the rest of it now sorry guys like this is your like get the hell out of there the alarm's yeah. going off yeah i think you're right there yeah so the radio goes off saying commander bond um, and they kind of explain that they defused the bomb in Washington. So they found the bomb and defused it. And M then starts appearing on the radio. And he explains that they've cracked the code for disarming the warheads. And there's only five hours to find the second bomb. And M says, I have absolute confidence in you, Bond. And Bond replies saying, oh, that's what kept me going, sir. Uh, and then M says, I'll be brief as I know you're off your hands full. Of which, because Bond and Domino were kissing... Domino laughs because of the innuendo of it all, which is like, no, that no, <laughs> that's not how you do these jokes in Bond films. You don't have the character laugh at that joke. That's so dumb. Stop getting Bond wrong. It's so, it's just not quite right. She should not laugh at that. Be like, tee hee 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 hee. He certainly does have his hands full. You're not supposed to react. Ah, because I actually quite like Bond's line about, oh, that's what can be going, sir. I actually kind of thought that was kind of funny, but just, oh, God. Um, so then M says, like, if you pull through, I'll offer you lunch at my club. And Bond says, it's a thrilling prospect, sir, but uh, I may have other plans. And they start kissing again. So that's almost like the end of the film scene that the Roger Moore ones would do, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, keeping the British end up. We almost got that then. Um, but the film just keeps going. <laughs> so we cut to some more outside shots of the sub, uh, then we cut inside the sub and we see on one of the screens that they're where the flying saucer is. So the submarine, the, this American submarine is caught up, but they explain that they can't get in where it is because the water is too shallow. And they say nobody's on the boat at the moment. But Bond is trying to figure out, well, if no one's on the boat, why would Largo actually go here in the first place uh, with the bomb? So Bond then just says, can I have your pendant, uh, the one with the tears of Adaron? And then he just so happens to have a map of where they are. And that just so happens to line up to where the marking is on the pendant. And then it just so happens there's a diamond on the pendant that overlaps a point on the map, which is where the oil fills begin. And that's it. That's what the Tears of Allah thing was all about. It was just showing a diamond on this like pendant thing which just says the tears of Allah is just the beginning of where the oil fills are which potentially feels offensive but i'm just too offended from a storytelling perspective to to go into that stuff just ah but that's that plot point that's what this was all about yeah i don't get it i I don't understand i don't get it it didn't add anything to the story because they're already there i don't know how far they go in the next scene to get to exactly where the diamond is but they probably could have found it uh and (laughs) What is doing the whole lining up? It's like, is this Indiana Jones all of a sudden, like lining up the pendant to the map, and it's just so so unnecessary. And again, it's exactly what they thought would be the case anyway. As literal as I said at the beginning, one on the eastern seaboard, yeah. one in the oil fields. Yep, they were yeah, right. Yeah, like the guy, the not Tanner guy, was like, they might blow up all the oil fields, and then they just. <laughs> what then, do you know? <laughs> yeah, Largo's all like, my new business is in oil i was like hmm let me hang on put this together i need your necklace (laughs) he just gets a big board with oil and oil fills and draws a line (laughs) Hmm, what does this mean wait a minute what does it mean (laughs) 
like, we're literally parked in a bay where the oil fields start, but I need your necklace to really put this all together. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so then we cut to like a hatch opening. And this is like, I think, I don't know if you can identify it as the Largo ship, but basically a load of scuba men come out of Largo ship. They've got this like big propeller system and stuff. It's like this. So there's like kind of a small group here, maybe like 10 people all with these like propellers and stuff, like all these kind of like machines to take them through the water. And the US command on the sub say there's some activity in the water. So Bond asks them like check to see if there's any underwater caves. We see some more shots of the divers and the US commander or the, the guy in the US command uh, in the sub says, yes, there is a cavity below sea level. And then we cut to Largo and the divers going in that cave so Bond asks if the command, the commander of this uh, ship, the captain, is equipped with the new, I think, XT-7Bs missiles. Mm, yeah. And he's all like, well, that's top secret. How do you know about that? And Bond says that he got it from a Russian translation of the service manual. And he's like, sorry. But then we cut to the shot of two missiles being fired from the submarine. And they get launched into the air. And... Then they open up to reveal Bond and Felix inside each of them. And then they start hovering in the air with like steam and stuff coming out. And they're just like hovering devices. And there's footage of this small village nearby just looking at them do this. But then we just cut to them like on the shore putting on scuba suits. <laughs> it's so cool. Best best gadget. <laughs> It's just the most pointless thing I've ever seen. Like, oh, well, we can't. I'm not swimming. <laughs> Put me in the missile. I ain't swimming after the shore. <laughs> it's like they're right there. But instead of just swimming or getting a boat, they fire themselves out of missiles just to then go back in the water. It's like, oh, my God. It's, it's pathetic. And the reason why I say it's pathetic as well, not just because it looks terrible. And as you say, oh, yeah, it looks doesn't really make bad. any sense. I do wonder if this was meant to be a sort of uh, an attempt at. I mean, it's a jetpack, basically. It's like a, it's it's the jetpack thing. So I wonder if they're like, hmm, Thunderball did a jetpack, so we can do one better and do a a jet missile thing. I, it's just I, I don't know if there was any connection there, but maybe. Either way, it it's just bad, just just awful. The only thing I can think of is again, like editing and stuff. Like this is a long film. Maybe it would have made sense, but they just. They're trying to keep it moving forward. They're not very successful at it, but stuff just kind of happens. And that just very much just happens. It looks bad. The comedy of the villagers just looking at them is bad. Just just kind of bad. Um, so yeah, so we cut to Bond and Felix putting on the scuba suits. They don't really talk. They just put it on and then gives a thumbs up to each other. And then we cut to them underwater in the caves. So the caves that we saw the other divers go in and they both have uh, some torches and... Yeah, they're going through the cave, the divers are going through the cave, and eventually the divers reach an underwater, well, I'm going to say cavern, just so I don't have to say cave again, but there <laughs> is like a proper thing inside. Like, this isn't underwater anymore. They kind of come out of the water to this like underground like cavern. Um, so they're all getting out, taking off their scuba suit, pulling out all the equipment. We see Largo removing his suit, and yeah, Bond and Felix is swimming to catch up with them. But we see Largo and this group of men pulling this bomb along. So they have the warhead and they have this contraption to like pull it along. So they're going through the cave tunnels and we see Bond and Felix. I think they just cut to Bond and Felix being in that same tunnel yeah. as well. They just right catch up. Them. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, they just smash cut to like, and Bond and Felix are there now. Um, and they start jogging to try and catch up, and they do, and they hide behind this rock and start watching. And there's like these pillars with like carvings of faces on. My first thought was Egypt, but it's, I don't think it is. Um, I mean, it, but, but if, yeah, it looks like that. It looks like a temple all of a sudden. Yeah, it doesn't look like Egyptian gym, but yeah, as you say, some sort of temple underground, under the water, like some sort of ancient thing. Um, so Felix gives Bond an Uzi, and Felix has an Uzi, and Bond just like awkwardly then starts sneaking forward, hiding behind some rocks. So the men are still moving forward in this place up these stairs, and Bond is just very awkwardly going up. Um, so Bond kind of climbs up near above to where the goons are, um, and we see Lago calls over a doctor... And uh, was this doctor ever mentioned at any points before? Uh, is it, I thought it was the same guy as before on Bef- on the boat when they captured the missiles. Oh, maybe. I don't. I just like this doctor is like, ah, the doctor who allowed us to do all these schemes. Great job, doctor. You're the best. And I'm like, who's who are you? <laughs> I th- oh, now you've got me doubting. But I, I thought it was him. It, it makes sense, sense. It would be him. Yeah. I just think I probably blocked him out because I just didn't, wasn't that interested. Hmm. <laughs> But yeah, so there's this nuclear fist or this like missile guy and he puts him in front of a camera and we see somebody watching the footage saying, ah, well done. And it's Blofeld. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, remember Blofeld. Blofeld's in this film? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think this is the last time you see him, so don't worry too much about it. And Blofeld and a load of members of Spectre saying, ha ha, there's nothing that can stop us anymore. Ha 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 ha. Or there's like, maybe they say there's nobody to stop us. And then they cut to Bond sneaking around the cave. And he kind of sees the bomb still being carried. It's being carried over a gap on a pulley system. And the doctor is kind of walking around and is looking in this cave. Again, a lot more statues and carvings in here. And they then reach this like inner chamber almost. And Largo's like, ah, the, the tears of Allah. We're here, apparently. And then he like tastes the water He's like, ah, it's sweet, like money. Which I guess is just Lago being full crazy mode at this point. Yeah, um, that that's, not a, that's not a phrase. That doesn't make or it... sweet like money. I've, no, I've never heard someone say, oh, sweet like money. No. Maybe he meant to say honey, but he missed... ah. maybe he's just, you know, flubbed it, but they kept it in. I think that was probably it. <laughs> he doesn't do two takes. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the bomb is like being pushed into the water because they're going through like this cavern, this ancient temple cavern, just to then go back into the water again. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so like Bond is up above as the water, as the bomb is in the water, and there's like a rope tied to this big head of a statue which is loose. So he like kind of pushes it off, and it falls down and smashes. They don't see him, but Bond. Or Largo sends a load of men to go and get, see what's going on. And at this point, Felix then just starts shooting people. And Bond goes to join in. But before he can even fire his gun, someone just shoots the gun out of his hand. Instantly. Just instantly. <laughs> like, he just doesn't. It's like, ah, oh, why? Oh. So then Felix throws a grenade, because of course. And instead of blowing someone up, it just sets someone on fire. And they just start running around like, ah, I'm on fire! Because the grenade caught them alight somehow. Felix Lighter, there we go. Oh, there you go. Light hey. him, more like. Lighter grenades. Yeah. Um, so Bond starts kind of running around and Felix is having a big shootout with the guards and 
the guards like he has to reload and the goons are starting to surround him but at this point a lot of army men a lot of u.s soldiers appear and start shooting and backs felix up and he tells them ah bond is still in there but there's a little bit of a shootout between the the u.s soldiers and the goons um but we see that largo and the doctor is still like arming and loading up the bomb so largo is getting into this like scuba gear the bomb is armed is at this point when it actually gets pushed into the water i misspoke a little bit there Uh, but bond sees it and but someone like starts shooting at him but then really awkwardly he just goes away yeah so Bond so, like, doesn't Lago do anything. swims off and then the guard just leaves and then Bond just like walks around and is like, oh. And then he's just able to jump into the water to follow. <laughs> that guard's like, right, my job's done. I'm not working overtime. <laughs> yeah, like, I I'm fired out. a few. I fired a clip. I'm off. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I need to clock out. Yeah, so then we get some shots of Largo underwater pushing the bomb forward. Uh, Bond getting into his scuba gear to go follow, but a bomb goes off which collapses the entrance to where Largo went. So he just kind of removes the oxygen tank and stuff and runs off. And with all these explosions, the cave is kind of starting to collapse. And Bond then like leaves and sees this big fight going on and just like crouch runs and just like, hey, what's up, Americans? How's it going? (laughs) Hey. (laughs) Hey. So Bond then kind of says, Largo got away. And he's like, go get the chopper. I need the chopper for this. And Felix then just starts firing like a grenade launcher, which kind of blinds all the goons. And then the Americans charge in and win that fight. Ah, okay. What are we, about halfway through this finale? Yeah. I think on paper, it doesn't really sound too bad. I know I sound quite exhausted and some of this stuff is quite confusing. It doesn't sound too bad, but this film is really long and this finale never really goes anywhere. It's just kind of like starts to get going, but nothing really happens and it just drags and this whole section section of like bond and felix following these stuff and this little firefight that happens it's so dull like you've just watched so much of this film at this point you're just kind of ready for it to be done and this just goes on and on and on and we're not even done (laughs) i was so bored at this point in the film Uh, i mean yeah we're two hours into this film pretty much as they enter this this temple cave area and it's, it's it's interesting because some Bond films, thinking back to when we reviewed the previous one, some Bond films, it's a slow burn of getting bored and then you realise like, oh. And then some it's instant. And this this was just like, I couldn't believe how quickly I was, I was tapped out of this. When we got to this part here, I was honestly, I just wanted it to be over. I really, yeah. really did. And I, I, I get what they're trying to do here. They, they're throwing in this, this section, I guess because they want, they want that, that Bond firefight scene. They want the scene in the villain's lair where there's two forces against each other, there's grenades being thrown, people bouncing on some trampolines getting thrown. They want some of that stuff. But first of all, um, yeah, we've just seen so much stuff and we're at this point in the film, I don't care. Second, it's not very interesting in terms of the action, as Tom says, it's really quite... Like there's there's not much to it in terms of an actual shootout or anything interesting. It's not crazy enough to be interesting like other ones. Um, and third, in terms of a set, it's not an awful set. Like it's, I'm not going to bash that completely, but it's not huge. It doesn't have like that scale to it that makes it seem really interesting and and proper end of the film type place. And also, I guess I am going to say it looks bad because 
it's all meant to be made out of stone and everything, but it's just like it's not stone. You can see where it has that sort of polystyrene look to everything. It looks yeah. like a it looks like a kids' TV show or something. It it doesn't sell very well that they're actually in this place. So all those things combined, I was just really looking forward to Largo getting killed because <laughs> I'm done. Yeah, it's just, and I think some of it is also because they just have all these different locations. It's like this whole section just makes the North Africa bit feel so pointless, so, yeah. so pointless. Just cut it. Just make it a more tight film. Again, I don't think it necessarily would save this section because I do think, as you kind of say, like it's just kind of boring and it's just not really interesting in itself. But God, this was just rough. And I watched this film over two days. I, di- I didn't have a great time with this film. So after the the initial bit in the clinic, I actually was like, I'll pause it for today. Maybe I'm not in the mood and I'll come back the next day. And when I came back the next day, I enjoyed it a little bit more. I actually got quite into it. And then when I hit this bit, I was just like, oh God, like it's just, as you say, it's very sudden. And that's with me not watching it all in one go. Wow. So I think that just speaks to just how boring all of this is. I don't know how they did it. There's almost like an art form. <laughs> to how boring they made this like because on paper it doesn't sound terrible but trust me it's so dull everyone can you please pity me i did watch this in one sitting oh that okay. was oh that was that uh, must have been tough it was tough it was tough anyway let's get this done so bond is asked for yeah bond asked felix to bring in the chopper uh to get closer because of the the cave-in so you then just see bond being transported by a helicopter he's like on a little holder thing being swung underneath um and he is then dropped a bit further on a bit to it's like a, a well isn't it he says the, the well the tears of Allah well yeah um, and he does that to try and like yeah cut off Largo and his, his team so he dives down and it just so happens that it's the perfect spot because <laughs> as is you know, where he lands is precisely where Largo is now weirdly I've not I can't see in my notes anywhere that there are other people here. It just seems like it's just Largo now. Was that really um, the case? Or was there actually other people there? There must have been someone else there. But I, I'm also the same. I only have that Largo's there as well. But I never see like Bond actually kill anyone else. So yeah, I yeah. think at this point, no one else is there. But I don't remember Bond actually killing all the goons before. <laughs> there should have been someone there. I don't yeah, know where the doctor, doctor went. Yeah. yeah, I don't know where they went. But okay. Maybe sure. he got crushed. He got oh, a bit too close. So. Yeah, he just got a little bit crushed. So anyway, he's down there, and it's just as Largo is passing with his little propeller thing with the, the warhead on it, and so Bond swims under the uh, the little boat thing and back up behind Largo to grab him uh, and stop him, uh, and so the two start to wrestle. And where this warhead boat thing is is kind of being propelled it keeps going so Largo lets go but this this thing is still going Bond is yeah wrestling Largo's got a knife and he tries to stab Bond Bond then pulls off Largo's goggles as a way to distract him so he has to kind of fumble around and get his goggles back on so that gives Bond time to go and swim and I think he like sticks a a knife maybe it was Largo's knife in the propeller of the boat thing no, I think that's his knife because Largo oh, still has knife. his knife as well. I don't know where Bond got the knife. A knife. But there's just another knife that he has. So he sticks it in there and that kind of causes it to start to go a bit weird. Like it's kind of off balance now and spin around a bit. And obviously this is all underwater, this stuff. So it is quite hard to make out at times. But eventually the boat thing 
wedges and wedges into Largo, and so he gets stuck by it, like pinned down by this thing with the bomb on. Um, so yeah, he's stuck. Bond is there. He's going to disarm the bomb on the little machine on the end. Uh, but you see on it, on the boat, there is a like a spear gun, a harpoon spear gun thing. So Largo grabs that and he pulls it up and he points it to Bond and it looks like it's just about to shoot him. But no, Largo gets shot from off screen by Harpoon and you see that it's Domino. <laughs> Domino is down here with all of the US Navy men um, as a little group. And yeah, he kills Largo and that gives Bond time to disarm the bomb. Oh. Yeah. I, I don't think it's a bad little scene in terms of Bond fighting Largo and stuff, but it's obviously by this point just too checked out to care. And also the Domino, that story beat of her getting her revenge. Nah, <laughs> like yeah. you didn't earn that. Never say yeah. never again. Don't pretend like you did. I would have just preferred if Bond killed Largo. To me, that makes way more sense. They have a bit more of a stronger connection, but I guess they just got to cram in this plot point because it's quite core to the original film and story. It just kind of exposes how bad that is. But I thought the little fight was okay. I just didn't care. Yeah. It, and it was, again, we said this, despite moaning about how long this film feels, it was quite a quick thing. It was over relatively quickly. No very long, drawn out underwater scenes like in Thunderball, which I was pleased about because I wasn't Boom. a big fan of those. <laughs> I know you were, but. Yeah, they get that done and they get rid of Largo relatively fast. So that kind of leaves the end of the film now. We're on to the final scene. We cut to Domino uh, in a swimming pool underwater doing some swimming. And she gets out of the pool. They're in some very fancy villa now. Um, and she goes, walks over to Bond, who's laying down by the pool, relaxing. And she brings him some cocktails. But you know, it's not a, it's not a martini. It's like a sort of pina colada looking thing. And... One's like, oh, I usually have a martini at five. Um, but <laughs> oh. but yeah, none for him, no. Um, she says like about changing your habits and uh, Bond saying, oh, maybe my old days are over, implying that he is leaving the field, he's, he's going to retire uh, from MI6. And as that happens, you, uh, you see someone start to enter the villa. You don't see who it is, but there's some rustling and bushes and... Bond hears it and goes to start investigating. And you see uh, this man in a suit, yeah, rifling, going through some some trees and some foliage. And eventually Bond yanks him out and, and throws this person into the pool. And you see who it is. It's Nigel Smallforset, back once again. Uh, Mr. Bean is in the pool and he, he comes up and is uh, spluttering and is like, oh, Bond, M sent me. Uh, he's pleading, please come back to MI6. We need you for the security of the country. And, uh, and Bond looks at him and he says, never again. Domino comes up. She says, never. And the two kiss. And after they kiss, Bond looks up to the camera, gives a cheeky little wink. And yep. there you go. <laughs> and the free end. And the frame freezes on him winking. Yep. And the theme is playing Never Say Never Again as well. Oh, uh, we made it. <laughs> that's that's all I can think about this scene. I think this scene is pretty awful, really, really, really atrocious. But I kind of don't care because it's done. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, imagine if this was in a regular Bond film where Bond literally breaks the fourth wall. I mean, he has yeah. done that, but, but then winks at the camera. 
Like we, we, but by this point, is we're so beaten down by this film. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, just don't really mind, really. I, I mean, Nigel's kind of nice to see, I guess, but the dialogue's bad and awkward. And again, we're supposed to believe that Bond is running off with Domino, and that's why he's quitting. It's just no. It's just fourth wall nonsense, and it's it's just terrible. But who cares, really, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, the only other note I have is that there was a spelling mistake in the credits. Someone spelled underwater wrong one of the times. Um, <laughs> that, that kind of so, says it already, doesn't it? Well, yeah, that had to knock it down a little bit, really. I was quite enjoying the film up to that point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it says underwater at one point. Oh, it dear. Our... So that was Never Say Never Again. Yeah. That feels very appropriate <laughs> title. Uh, do you want to go first or should I? Um, I'm going to go first because I, I don't actually Ooh. have that much to say, if that's all right. Oh, good. <laughs> um, so I was really unsure of what to make of this before going in. There ended up being a lot more that I liked than I thought I would. Uh, as I said, it's been a long time since I really thought about this. And the first time I've seen it properly all the way through. So I think some of the things this film did and the way it changed the Thunderbolt plot and the characters in it actually worked. Uh, I liked what they did with Q. Even though it wasn't in it much, I like what they did with Q. I really liked Largo. We've said it enough times in this review, but I think Largo is kind of the standout character from this from this film. And it's so bad that I don't even know the actor's name. But what he did and just like the weird way he played in the unstable nature of him, it really gave me kind of Zorin vibes. So you could argue that was like another thing that sort of they did before the official films, because I really thought he was like Zorin. Um, and that's a good thing, like kind of weird, but but engrossing you can't take your eyes off the way he does things so bonus points for Largo and and Fatima as well for that for that matter I thought kind of similar reasons she's just weird but but fun to watch and even Sean I think there could have it could have been really bad it could have been really bad if Sean kind of went back into this and and really didn't care and was literally doing it purely for the paycheck but I do get the impression that that he I, I, I don't know how much effort he put into, but, you know, getting getting fit for it or anything. But he doesn't look terrible on screen. Um, or what they do with him and the stunts and the stuntmen, they did it well. So I actually I actually bought Sean being back as Bond really quickly. I did moan about the hair. I think the hair is a bit off-putting, but that's just his hair, I guess. <laughs> that's not actually his hair, but <laughs> it's, it's what they did with it. Um, so there was a lot of stuff that I liked. There's also a lot of stuff I didn't like. No, uh, come on. <laughs> Domino, Domino is awful. Which I'm not going to repeat. It's just, just really a waste of that character because we really quite liked her in the original Thunderbolt. I thought it was a really good character in the original. Um, not much action at all. Uh, and what there is, I didn't like. The one chase in Nice I thought was the best part. The music we've barely talked about in a good way because the music is awful. And it really goes, it goes to show how important the soundtrack is and the score is for these films. When it's bad, it's bad. There was a, a proper Bond film we talked about that, um, about the, the score. Oh, it was... Um, I can't... It might for been, me, it was for your eyes only, yeah. but I know you didn't really dislike that I didn't much. mind that one, but I can't remember which one it was now. But yeah, so it, this one is like that on steroids. It's just... It's really, really, it it, it it takes away from the film. I think that's, I remember you saying that, like a, a score should never take away from the film. And it does for so many scenes in this film. And yeah, the fact that it dragged so quickly at that last scene. And I also put here, overly pervy. 
even for a Bond film, <laughs> and made me yeah. uncomfortable. And so, yeah, I think things I liked, but a lot that I didn't like. And so when I was working out where to put this, because we are we are going to rank this. Obviously, it's not our official rankings, because we've, we've done that now. We did our final episode of the, the 25 Eon films. But in, in putting this in the 26th film list now, I am going to put this at... 26. (laughs) Oh, wow. It's it's still going at the end. Um, Even the worst proper Bond film, which for me was Live and Let Die, I think still is better than this. And I, I, as well as, I guess that's for all the reasons I just said, but also it got to me more that this just wasn't a Bond film. What they did was still pretty good with some things, but it wasn't, it wasn't Bond. And they can call characters M and they can call characters Q and they can have Sean but the the core elements just it it didn't mesh well enough for me to even consider this being like you know I'm in a bond a bond mood what film should I watch I would never go with this one I would go with my worst eon bond film before this so yeah it's going at the bottom I'm afraid wow well that simplifies things yeah it really <laughs> Shove does Shove it right in at the bottom yeah wow so yeah so you think in the battle of the bonds it's octopusy over Never Say Never Again. Yes. Well, let's not say much because it's only two places higher. <laughs> not say much, is it? <laughs> oh, my God. What but... a horrible year. <laughs> I know, right? What an awful, awful year. Uh, yeah, so I'll try not to repeat anything you've kind of said. Um, so I kind of went into this wanting a... I was up for a different kind of take on Bond. I knew this was something different, so I was up for it being a little bit different. And... Everything I knew about this film was that, yes, Sean Connery is old, but they kind of lean into that and make that work, oddly. And I did not get that at all. I don't think this is really all that different because I think so much of what's in this film is taken from the main series. It's more just like kind of exaggerated and more over the top. And I was very surprised at the comedic tone, but I wouldn't really say the comedic tone is what bothered me about this film because I actually found myself kind of being okay with that. I was actually kind of okay with this being a silly Bond film, having fun with it, it being more joke focused and just having constant jokes in every scene. This, like, a lot of the jokes didn't make me laugh, but I didn't really mind that tone and approach. What did kind of bother me, though, is just the editing is horrendous. It's Mm. just so poorly kind of put together. They try and cram so much stuff into this film, and considering how much they cram in, They didn't necessarily do a bad job, I suppose, with some of these scenes, because some of these scenes are allowed to breathe a little bit more. And it's not like frantic. It's just really like just not fun or enjoyable to watch and take in. And in my head, this film has kind of been separated into three chunks, as I've already kind of mentioned. The first third, awful, just a complete mess, horrible editing, really just focusing on the wrong things. Just, I didn't really like that intro bit and stuff. Just really not great or interesting. And I didn't like a lot of the changes they made um, to to the plot. And then it kind of starts to get going. It's like, okay, I'm enjoying this. It's a little bit more of a Bond adventure. The editing's a little bit better. It's, okay, we get some classic Bond stuff in here. That's cool. Uh, Fatima is starting to kind of come into our own a bit. Okay, I'm enjoying this. But then it just, like, shifts gears again And just becomes this just weird, boring film. It's so dull 
the last third of this. But if it could just be a little bit tighter, focus on the things that do work, which is some of the comedy, and I think the comedy tone does work, you know, take out some of those more harsh elements, take out some of those story plots that's not needed. Like, it could have been a lot better because you had... As you say, I agree with you. Sean Connery seems to actually be enjoying himself. Like, this Mm. is him having his final film and enjoying it, which is something we saw with Roger Moore and something we saw with Daniel Craig. Sometimes that can be a real boost. And I think we actually saw that here. So you had a kind of a decent version of Bond. You had a really good villain. If it was just kind of that and they just stopped trying to chase this, like, over-the-top bombastic Bond adventure where they try and cram so much in and just make all the Bond elements just like hyper focus on those this actually could have been quite enjoyable and I think the tone could have fit in that quite well just having fun with Bond and stuff and just it actually kind of could have worked but it just completely collapses underneath itself as you say it's creepy with the pervy stuff a lot of the humor doesn't work the plot is a mess the pacing is awful the last third is a bore yeah, there's not really that much action and it just ends up being this not good film. It's just so happy when it was done. And even then, it still has standout moments though. There is still standout iconic moments that will always be standout and iconic to me. So I couldn't say this was a film that I just didn't enjoy entirely. It's just so long and boring that I just didn't like it overall. So in terms of ranking it, again, it's interesting because this is in tone quite similar to diamonds are forever it slots in with that film quite nicely in terms of tone really um but i still think diamonds are forever bothered me a bit more and with it being mainline i think it bothers me more that it was that direction and i'm just a little bit more accepting of never say never again i'm not saying that's fair i'm not saying that makes sense but that's just how it was when i watched this film so then we come to octopussy which one do i like not that's a tricky one like least <laughs> or don't hate the most i suppose <laughs> yeah and i'm probably am gonna give the edge to never say never again just because lengthwise they are quite similar and i think i was more miserable with octopussy um they never say never again and i think there are more standout good things in never say never again even if there's like maybe potentially more standout bad things like, I think Octopussy had more good ideas, just very horribly executed and messy. Never Say Never Again, maybe less good ideas, but there was some, still some really good stuff in there. Um, and having a really strong villain just really helps a Bond film. So then that goes up to For Your Eyes Only, Never Say Never Again. I'm not going to beat around the bush. I think For Your Eyes Only is better. I'm not going to put oh, Never Say God. Never Again above it. <laughs> oh, okay. It's just, again, somewhat similar in a way, not in terms of tone, but in terms of like trying to be this ultimate Bond adventure and be somewhat high budget and just jump around a lot. Um, but Never Say Never Again, I was bored at. And For Your Eyes Only at least ends well and has some standout good characters. So yeah, for me, it goes in at number 24. So above Octopussy, but below for your eyes only. Okay, both not great scores, to be honest. Who'd no, I was surprised, really surprised. I was expecting something a lot better. And I just, I think if this film wasn't as long as it was, it would shoot up quite dramatically. Like, mm. That was such a core part of it. It just felt so long. Like, again, like we largo dies and then it's a one minute scene and then it's done and you should not that the villain should not die a minute towards the end of your film and it just create oh my god like yeah i i wanted something a little bit better and i'm glad that there at least was some good standout stuff and there was kind of stuff i remember that was kind of cool but yeah just awful like it just (laughs) as a complete package 
I never want to see it again, really. <laughs> never. I never. No. I never. I I think this film has a lot of potential in so much as if you could get the film of it and and be able to do a, a decent re-edit and and more importantly, if someone could take away the music and rescore it and just <laughs> pretend that it was an official Bond film, so it could have the Bond theme and it could have something that sounded more akin to John Barry. I think that would do this film a ton of favors, and actually, it would it would rise it up significantly in my rankings. I think because that that's those two things. I think really could save it a lot. Is is just a bit more on the editing and decent music. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I don't know if it would save it massively, but yeah, it would definitely kind of stop the bad things being as distracting as they are. So you can just focus on the good stuff. It's not easy to have a good Bond and good villain story. It's not easy to do that. So no. like the core and foundation is kind of there. It's just kind of rotten all around it. And it's just so strange the way this film pans out. I just didn't expect it. I just wanted like a more, just a for your eyes only, but just maybe something a bit more silly. That's all I needed. That's all I wanted. And it could have been this. Just, just wasn't. It wasn't. And, and that was Sean Dunn with Bond. For good yeah. this time. For realsies. Yeah, like actually, he had to wink and stare at the camera to make that super clear <laughs> that he is done. Unless you count the game, but I guess not. Yeah, probably not. So, yeah, I guess I would say it's been nice doing this episode. But um. <laughs> I'm still glad we did it. Like, we had to do it, right? We had to watch yeah. it. I'm glad I now know. Uh, it's just a shame that the result is we come back for another episode and the film is just not very good. Or we didn't enjoy it anyway. I think that's how I'm trying to see this. I'm trying to see this glass half full where I never watched this one before. Now I've watched it. I don't ever have to see it again. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Well, I don't have that much to say on top of this film, really. Like, it's it was kind of a an interesting one-off. They never did another one of these. Kevin McClory kind of tried over the years, I think, but just never made it happen. And then he, he did pass away. And then the rights kind of went back to different people. Then it ended up going back to MGM. So now it's all kind of been synced up. So this sort of thing probably won't happen again. Um, but I guess an interesting piece of Bond history nonetheless. Absolutely. So any last thoughts before we go? Um, any last thoughts? See, by saying that, you've now made me think of Largo and his creepy ear nibbling again. Oh, there <laughs> by we go. Me not, by me not wanting to think of it. It's like, don't think of an elephant. What'd you do? Now I've just got that in my head. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> so it wasn't a complete waste of five hours then. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could say so. Yeah, I think so. Well, anyway, thank you very much for listening. You have been listening to a bonus episode of the Bon Revisited podcast. Uh, we won't be back again, or maybe we will. I guess we'll keep that a secret, so... Uh, keep an eye for any future episodes but there's not that many things to cover unless we just want to do never say never again never say never <laughs>